worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Kind of rainy and gloomy out there, but we do need the rain. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Zinger, with me, where's that country cookout today with Colin Lovequist? I can't again? remember the town name. It was something I've never heard of before, so pardon me. Is it Kelleher? That sounds familiar. You've never heard of Kelleher? I don't know if it was that one. I don't know. (laughs) They're out in the field today. Hopefully it's not too muddy. Our country cookout rolling in. Sorry. I think this is week... I want to say it's week two. Week two. This week is the two. this is the fourth cookout. This I can tell you that fourth cookout because Zinger's been operating. Yeah. All right, this show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. This Mother's Day, treat your mom to a free brunch, a special limited menu with something delicious for all. What a great way to tell mom thanks. Did you see that? Yes. Uh, by the way, I got a. I don't care. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it right now, and I'm going to say it proudly. Just hold on a second here. i got to find this, because I retweeted it and and with what I said here. Hold on. I want to find this. Mm-hmm. I apologize. should have been prepared. But I, I read that Mother's Day splitter, and it just jumped off the page at me here. So this one. In Ontario, Toronto Beach School called out for posting mega-exclusionary Mother's Day message. On the school at Q Beach Junior Public School, it says, life does not come with a manual, it comes with a mum. And people are outraged by that. That should not be silenced. It should be promoted everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. If you don't have a mum, you don't have... I'm sorry, I'm old school, I guess. Mums. Mums. Create babies with We're not supposed dads. to have mums now? I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you do you and... Extinction. You do you, and I'm not telling people... I'm not going down that path. Everybody, hey, I am... Um, I respect everybody, but what I'm telling you is you should not be mad because the school says life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mum. Really, if that's the way the world is, uh, I'd like to get off at the next stop. If I could, okay? Can I come? Uh, I'll tell you what, too. I said this, uh, what did I say this thing or many, many moons ago? I said the NHL equals the WWE in terms of its officiating. We pick and choose. We make stuff up. So, Darnell Nurse has been suspended for game number five tomorrow in Vegas for instigating a fight at the tail end of the game. He went in and grabbed Hag in behind the net. They were bear-hugging each other. If you look at the video, Hag's the guy that starts throwing punches first. So, I guess Nurse engages him but doesn't throw the punches first. Under the letter of the law... The the player that instigates, if he's deemed the instigator, gets suspended one game, and the coach of the team that is deemed the instigator gets fined $10,000. So Darnell Nurse, one-game suspension. Jay Woodcroft, a $10,000 fine. I'm sure his owner will somehow backdoor pay that somehow. Um, but first of all, Nurse didn't throw the first punch. Hag did, and he threw a bunch of them. 
Second of all, what he did is not even close to what happened at the end of the Toronto-Florida game when they all piled on each other at the end of the game, throwing punches left and right. Um, the the league had a right to rescind this and say, okay, yes, that's the letter of the law, but we could just give them a fine or we're going to rescind it. But no, they upheld it. But still, nothing on Alex Petrangelo, who has been targeted by the Oilers, no doubt about it. Kane, give him a little sweet chin music with the coho or whatever stick he uses uh, in uh, in one of the games there. So I'm not admonishing or saying Kane isn't at fault. But Petrangelo, with a tomahawk chop, over top, almost hits Dreisaitl in the head, grazes his chinny chin chin, hits him on the hands, and... I mean, he he didn't uh, he didn't get hurt, but Zinger, you saw that. You're not a big hockey guy. What did you think of that? I don't understand it either. I would like an explanation why why that is. I don't know. I don't know. It's WWE, man. I don't know. Well, here's this. He hasn't been suspended yet. Wh- My wh- thing is this. It why is, is the Oiler guy getting? Well, it, so what's the reasoning? Because that's the rule for if trying to stop fighting. And listen, I am not a fighting oh, guy. You know God, that. Such but, but I'm going to tell you this right now. If Alex Petrangelo does not get a minimum of two games, one more than Darnell Nurse, this league is a joke with a capital J. That is an absolute joke. It's an embarrassment. There's so many. There's so much more like bad stuff that happens. Who is that Panthers guy who just absolutely leveled that Maple Leaf into the board yesterday? The guy with the big beard. Do you oh, Gudis. Gudis. Remember that hit? Yes, Gudis hit like a camp. That yes. was like that well, was they, worse than anything. Then they had the fight at the end of the he game. He sent them five yards. By the way, you can weigh in nine three six sixty two sixty two. How many games should Alex Petrangelo get for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights? Throw the book at him. Anyway, uh, the Oilers dominated that game. That's the best hockey I've seen a team play. Now I don't watch much hockey. Okay, but that first period. They were ripping the puck around. They curb stomped them. Oh, that was just they like, okay. absolutely kicked the crap out of them. Why can't they do that every game? Get rid of these knights and move on to the next round. Um, tonight we got a couple of games. Carolina's going to dance with, uh, with, uh, New Jersey. Jersey. Uh, they beat them 6-1 in the last game. We had that wrong. We thought it'd be a tie series. Now it goes back to Carolina. Chance to finish it off in five. And in Dallas tonight, the Stars take on Eberly, Schwartz, and the crack in that series tied at two apiece. Back to last night. Uh, they call it the core four. You had Tavares, you had, was it Riley, you had uh, Matthews, and you had this guy, Mitch Marner. He scored a goal. Back in for Marner, centers in front. And O'Reilly couldn't handle the hot pass. That's the Brodsky stick, and Forsling able to hand it back to the goaltender. Scores! Yeah, now I know you and uh, John, the Habs fan, were gloating yesterday thinking the series was done. I don't think it's done. Like, I told you that. I think the Leafs are going to make a... They're going to break their fans' heart by making it look like they can come back. They'll win again, and then Game 6 is a coin flip. So. Uh, I think they'll lose the next game. They barely got by yesterday. And Zinger. Barely. Zinger, did you see it? There was a Ryan Nugent Hopkins sighting yesterday. <laughs> Over to Nurse. Nurse shoots. Wide of the net. It's McDavid who picks it up. To Nugent Hopkins. He yeah. escaped Alcatraz. He did. He's out. He's, he's out. He's out. He's out. Uh, it's real good, man. Also, uh, the Centennial Cup going down. Battlefords took on Cam River fighting Walleye. I didn't see if they won that uh, game, but we will get uh, 
the straight goods from the commissioner, Kyle McIntyre, who is there at uh, Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Scott Milanovic is back in the CFL with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A great cup winning coach with the Argos is a senior assistant on Orlando Steinauer staff. Jeff Reinbold is back as a special teams coordinator. So they're stacking it up on the coaching side. That's kind of a ballsy move there by O. He may have hired his replacement if things don't go too well. Mm. Uh, it's good for the league to have Milanovic back, but it's awful hard for young coaches to get a chance when they keep recycling. That's why it's and a, a big, coach's cap and all that malarkey. Like, it, that's why it's a big uh, year for Kelly Jeffrey. Kelly mm-hmm. Jeffrey gets a crack at it. Hopefully he can do a great job. Speaking of the Riders, they've signed American offensive lineman Philip Sala. Uh, the six foot four, 302 pounder played 20 games at right tackle and 15 games at center during his five collegiate seasons at Fordham University. So there, I'm here, I'm here go, for it. Yeah, bring in all the hoggies you need. Yeah, as just many let as them you, go at it. As many as you need. Uh, the Riders rookie camp day two. We're going to hear from um, Brian Cox Jr., the son of former NFL great Brian Cox Senior. I guess he will join us for many camp. We're also. Uh, Going to hear see some 12-on-12 tomorrow, so that's going to be cool. You'll be hosting the show. You'll hear from quarterback Shea Patterson, who apparently had a good day today, slinging the football around. When we come back on the Western Pizza Hotline on this Thursday, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, we are going to check in with Mike Kelly from the NHL Network. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Show on this Thursday is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can go down there, watch NHL and NBA playoff action, MLB baseball, and soon CFL football. This guy works for the NHL Network. He's an analytics guru. At Mike Kelly, NHL always joins us. You just got done cutting your grass, which is a hell of a lot better than shoveling snow. <laughs> I'll take that any day of the week. It's nice and sunny here, and uh, I'm still out of breath and out of shape, but, man, shoveling snow, um, I'm in pain, so this is much better. <laughs> Tell you what, Mike, uh, last night the Edmonton Oilers showed up. They looked disinterested in Game 3, but 5-on-5, uh, five five, they were dominant last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. I just asked myself, why can't they bring that uh, that kind of effort 5-on-5 five five every night? It's a great question. Um, and I think we've seen in the playoffs this year a lot of games where one team will dominate, and then the next game it's the other team. And you're wondering... Why can't that team do that this night? Why do they look like that this night? There's a human element to it, of course. I mean, I don't, I don't go to work every day and knock it out of the park. But these are these are professional athletes. You know, they're trying. Yeah. Um, you know, at times, some teams execute better than others. And if one team's twenty percent better in that regard in one game, and the other team happens to be a little bit worse, you'll see you'll see a flip flop. So. That's the thing. When Edmonton, their power play is so good. Their special teams, they're going to win that battle most nights. If they can, they can just win five on five, let alone dominate the way they did last night. Like third period, you know, they're up in, in Vegas, has the numbers a little bit. But through 40 minutes, slot shots were nine to one Edmonton. Rush chances were six nothing. Goals were three nothing. That's, that's not close. So it was a great, great performance in a game where they needed one. You go down 3 1 to Vegas, good luck winning three in a row. Yeah, this is their first time meeting in the playoffs, and it uh, it's a nice benchmark. It's got chippy. It's a, it's going to be an interesting game five there. The whole Petra uh, Petrangelo and Nurse thing. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking as I'm watching that, like that has to be a suspension. I'm 
Petrangelo. It, it has to be the the time of the game, the, the player without the puck, the swing of the stick. I mean, that that is the definition of intent to injure. And he got he got the you know the right penalty for it. But uh, he, well, he, as we tape this, he's having a hearing today, so um, I'm sure he'll be missing at least a game. And then the nurse one, I think you'd, you'd have to rescind the the automatic. Um, I don't know if that will happen. Usually, it doesn't. Um, if each team is without that defenseman, though, I think Petrangelo, you know, to me is the better defenseman. Um, but I think it, it, it hurts Edmonton more just because of what Nurse brings. Their D isn't as deep and what more that puts on Ekholm as well. I agree. I think uh, they're a little bit thin. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Broberg will get more minutes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and you'd think probably Broberg in the in the second pairing defenseman with CC, and then you got Dayarnay and Kulak because you got to have you got to have a really uh, you know you have the pretty good skater on each of those three uh, flanks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. I think you you know you got Dayarnay. We know what he is. Kulak's good puck mover. Um, that's pr- that's probably what you're looking at. I would agree. Yeah. So uh, one guy that hadn't showed up at least on the goal scoring sheet for the Oilers did Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm always interested to see. We talk about momentum, maybe not carrying over, but for this player, we'll see if it carries over. He had some assists, had a goal and a helper last night. Looked very relieved to score that goal. His team looked relieved he scored that goal. <laughs> Connor was fired up. Yeah. He um, was. It's I mean, you're right. You know, you hear players and coaches talk about it all the time, and and the evidence supports it that momentum doesn't really carry over. And we're seeing that this year, especially with all these lopsided back and forth wins. Um, I don't think there's any question that confidence in a player carries over. And to get on the board, sense of relief for Nugent Hopkins. You know, that being said, he, he hasn't been invisible. Um, of all the players that hadn't scored that are left in the playoffs, he had the highest expected goals total, which isn't that surprising when you're playing this many games and you don't have a goal, but he was still getting a decent amount of looks. Finally, one drops for him, and we know how you know finicky and, and this game can be and, and make no sense at all at times, but you get one to go, you get a little confident. Maybe you're not even generating anything more, but something just start going in for you. So um, he's got that great shot. Uh, especially from that range, that type of shot, he's he's very good, and, and he buried that one. In the same category, in the other game last night, Mitch Marner gets a seeing-eye shot. Maybe sometimes that's all it takes. I don't think, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Leafs are going to get swept. I don't think the Le- I said then, the Leafs are done. Like, they probably deserved a better fate. Now, will they come all the way back? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a game six. I wouldn't either. Um the odds of coming back, we know what they are. Only four teams have done it from 03. Um, and Maple Leafs, you know, they can look back to 1942 and say, hey, we did it. <laughs> yeah. um, although that's uh, well before most of their parents were born, probably grandparents maybe even. But uh, it, you look at the series and the Toronto maybe should have won one of the first two games, maybe could have won both of those games. Game three, they got smoked. Um, but that series... You know, you play the woulda, coulda, shoulda. It could be 2-2 right now. Uh, no question. So, if there was ever a time for it to happen, just because of what Toronto can be when they play at their best, and because Florida, like, make no mistake, you know, and you give Florida credit for coming back 3-1 against Boston, Boston threw that series out the window. They, they threw it out the window. And, you know, Florida won a whole bunch of games in a row. They played very well. But Toronto's been with them in three of these four games. If it was going to happen, I could see it happening potentially in this series. I'm not saying it's likely to or that it probably will, 
But you can start to think like Toronto played its first 60 minute game of the series and Bobrovsky was great again and they squeaked out a win. Um, but if they play that way, they should beat Florida more often than not. Now they'd have to do it three games in a row, which is why it's unlikely. And we know that Toronto's a game has showed up about 25% of the time in these playoffs, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not writing them off yet. You win at home, which is where they're, you know, probably in the most trouble because we know what pressure games at home have done to them in recent history. You win that game. Yeah. Now the seed of doubt creeps into Florida and there's storylines we're not talking about because Florida's just kept winning. Matthew Kachuk doesn't have a goal in the series. A whole bunch of his numbers are way down from what they were against Boston. Toronto's done well against that line. Um, we'll start talking about those things a lot more if it ends up being a 3-2 series. So you're an analytics guy, Mike Kelly, at Mike Kelly NHL. What what are the numbers saying about the core four of the Leafs? Well, they if you look at their chance generation, their shot totals, um, they're actually not worse than they were against Tampa Bay, which would make you maybe believe, hey, they're just not going in. These guys are doing what they always do, like lay off. It, it happens sometimes. But, you know, I was talking about this yesterday. I put a thread out on, on Twitter. It's 18 tweets long. So if somebody's uh, got, <laughs> you know, several minutes on their hands, feel free. But the point I was making is you cannot get enamored with things. Look, I, I'm an analytics guy, right? I'm telling you this. You cannot get enamored with things like, goal probability, and things that we would normally put more emphasis on that require larger samples. In a regular season, absolutely. Regression will happen almost always. In a four- to seven-game series, it might not. And you know, Sheldon Keith had a quote yesterday that I, I really – I didn't agree with personally, and it was talking about putting um, you know, the, the Matthews line together uh, that's played well together with Jan Kroc and Marner. And he said, when you get into games like this, you have to look at big samples. And I don't think that's it at all. I think when you get into games like this, series like this, you need to adjust game to game. You need you can't rely that, hey, a line that's been great for us over 20, 30, 40, 60, whatever games, it'll, it should do it again in this game. There's so many things to consider when it's one game. What happened in the last game? How's everybody feeling and doing going into this game? Um I think one of the things that's held Toronto back in years past is, and you hear when players talk about, how oh, we got our chances. Hey, they've won the expected goals battles and a whole bunch of those series that they've lost in deciding final games. Well, we got our looks. It didn't go in. The goalie got all this stuff. Um, that's the kind of thinking that you would have in a macro 95 game season. And if you look at Toronto's record in 82, 90 game spurts as they, as they played out regular season and playoffs, they're among the best in the world, but they haven't won. And I think that kind of thing's hurt them. So anyways, the whole point of that thread was you can't get enamored with, with yeah, they're getting their expected goals are high, they're getting their chances, it should all work out. Bobrovsky's stopping just about everything he can see. Take some lower danger shots that have some traffic in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, look to tip pucks, look to get double screens, look to get on rebounds, have a good net presence. That's how you're going to beat this guy. He got beat on a fluky bounce to Nylander, who made a nice play, and he got beat on a shot from 50 feet out that had a screen. So Marner's got three goals in the playoffs. All of them have come from the top of the circles, beyond the top of the circles. That's how many goals he had in the regular season from there. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
it, it, I think it's just you need a different line of thinking sometimes to beat a goal, or else you're always just going to get goalied, right? Like, yeah, yeah a, a nice cross ice one timer should beat Bobrovsky. It will beat a lot of goalies. It's not beating them right now. Lastly, we've got about a minute or so left. What are you What are you seeing from the Carolina Hurricanes? I don't in Western Canada. I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't really pay much attention to them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, tell you what, uh, <laughs> very formidable. How's McDavid doing? Um, you know, being the second best player in the world right now to Jordan Martin. Is he okay? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? He, the guy's got about ten points in this series, so. Um, if you don't know anything about Carolina, like they dump the puck out more than any team. They dump the puck in more than any team. They play a puck possession, anti-possession game, which is they don't look to skate it in all the time and skate it out um, in a way that a team like, you know, in Edmonton or Toronto, New Jersey kind of does. But they look to get it out of danger, never get caught, and work their butts off to get it back, and they do. So their game is predicated all around skating, and uh, it's been successful for them. One thing that I questioned coming in was like, you can play that game and that's great. Um, can you score enough with who they have and who they're missing? And yeah, looks like the answer is yes. Um, and that's the great juxtaposition about the New Jersey series is that the Hurricanes play that type of game. The Devils are a quick transition up the ice, controlled entry, off the rush, um, offensive kind of team. Maybe that's why we're seeing kind of blowouts every game one way or the other is they play so different. And if one team's got its game going, it's really going to give the other one problems. But, um, yeah, the Canes are legit. Enjoy the lemonade after the uh, grass-cutting situation there, okay, my friend? I'm drinking a child's juice box. (laughs) And that's the best thing about having young kids. You get back into juice boxes and applesauce and all that good stuff you haven't had in 25 years. And you you can go to a Chuck E. Cheese and not look like a creeper. (laughs) <laughs> I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. You gotta but, go uh, check it out. Yeah, you gotta go I'll check it. Out. You gotta go check it out, man. That's a, it's a, it's a fun time. You'll lose three hours in there. Trust me. Anyway, thanks for your time, Perfect. Mike. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. It's the Regina Symphony Orchestra season finale. What better way to set it all off with Tchaikovsky and Brahms? May thirteenth at seven thirty at the Connexus Art Center. Award-winning Canadian pianist Ian Parker returns to Regina for the dazzling piano concerto from Tchaikovsky. The emotion and power of the concerto pairs with Brahms Symphony No. 4. The passion and the intense sentiment will flow through the air and into your soul. You don't want to miss this. For tickets, visit ReginaSymphony.com. 3.34 with the sports ticker. Two games in the National Hockey League tonight. New Jersey Devils and Carolina. The Hurricanes will try to punch their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. They could do so with a win. Up three games to one in that series. And then later on tonight, 7.30 p.m. Puck drop Saskatchewan time. Seattle and Dallas. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Yes, it's time to check in with our health and lifestyle expert, a 30-year expert in the field of uh, exercise and training people. It's Tish Duffy. Welcome to the show once again. This has been a popular segment. I'm glad we added it. I'm glad to. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about, because you can follow her on her uh, all her social media feeds at Train With Tish. This one caught my eye. Uh, five things you'd tell your younger self as it relates to uh, health and, uh, you know, exercise. Um, I think the first one and the, probably the most important one is that uh, people have to remember that their lifestyle is a little bit different in their 20s and 30s. 
Um, I used to train a ton of young young ladies in my, in my when I was in my forties, and they always wondered why you know I looked so fit. And I said, you know, to be honest, I look more fit now in my forties than than I did in my twenties, and it's just because in your twenties and early thirties, hopefully, uh, things clean up a little bit in your forties. Your lifestyle changes, so um, maybe you're going out later at night. Maybe you're drinking more. Maybe you're eating more pizza, etc. Those are the kinds of things that you do in your twenties. But the the most important key ingredient to all of this is to keep working out, keep lifting, keep building your body. This is the the prime time in your twenties to be building muscle. So even if your lifestyle isn't exactly the way it should be which it won't be, um, just keep up with your lifts so then when your diet and, and your habits improve as you get older, you'll actually probably lean out and see all that work that you actually put in in, in your 20s. So that's key. Um, number two, keep up with flexibility. Uh, do it in your 20s. Uh, it's a lot harder to improve flexibility in your 40s. Uh, so try to maintain what you have and what you've built up in your 20s. So that's key. You're not going to feel stiff in your 20s. So uh, do it when you're when you can, because if you're trying to improve flexibility as you get older, it's much harder. So maintaining what you worked for in your 20s and 30s is very important. Uh, number three, surround yourself when you're 20s. Surround yourself with um, balanced, like-minded people. It's important not to become obsessive about eating habits and workouts. Of course, they have to be there, but it's really important. Um, that you find a good network of people and friends who have a balanced approach to wellness. You can get yourself into some pretty bad habits early on in your in your life if uh, you don't surround yourself with people who uh, want to enjoy life but also want to work out, etc. So that balance is really important in your young, in your young ages. Work on grounding yourself at a younger age. I, I find that in my 20s, life was pretty easy. It gets hard in your uh, 40s and 50s, a lot harder. Uh, and so this is the one thing that I really wish I would have worked on more in my 20s. And, you know, like do more meditation, get get your nature walks in, um, do some breath work, master all of these skills in your 20s. So then when real life happens in your 40s and 50s, you're a little bit more skilled. The uh, last thing you would tell your younger self, Tish. I think the most important or one of the most important things is realizing that there's no magical pill uh, in your younger age for that dream body. So, uh, again, it's just setting yourself up with some realistic expectations when you're younger um, and knowing that the things that you're doing in your 20s make a bigger impact in your 40s and 50s. And so uh, do things slowly and progressively, diet pills, uh, restricting nutrition, uh, overtraining, all of these things will catch up to you if you continue to do them in your 20s, in your 40s. So uh, start slowly, be progressive, be patient, be consistent, but just remember that there are no shortcuts to getting to your optimal health. This is our Thursday Health and Lifestyle segment, Train with Tish. You can check her out on all the social media platforms by that same handle. Thanks for your time, Tish Duffy. My pleasure. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. So, whenever you got the hiccups, you were supposed to drink water or hold your breath or get somebody to scare you, right? 
Um, and I saw this online. My son sent me this, and I'm like, can't be true. But then our, our former colleague, Abby, Abby White, he, um, he went golfing with Bo Jackson. And it is indeed true. Bo Jackson has had hiccups for the last 10 months, Zinger. In fact, I said, Abby, is, is Bo Jackson a good guy? He said, well, he's a, yeah, he's a nice guy. But it was hard to tell because he was grumpy from the hiccups. He doesn't do many public appearances anymore. I, uh, I actually had him lined up uh, right around the time going back. I had him lined up to come on this show, and he was going to come on the show. And then this whole hiccup thing started. And, yeah, they can't figure out why he's got hiccups. I Bo Jackson. He, I think he's uh, going to get, like, a procedure done this week or something, I read. Yeah, that's crazy. So, something's going on they with can't the figure it out. or something. Hey, we got this a text from Connie in Cooks Creek. You can keep them coming at 936-6262, powered by the Capital Auto Group. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Connie says, Petra Angelo should have been assessed a gross misconduct. It was intent to injure... Uh, two games minimum. Well, Darnell Nurse has just been added a one-game suspension by the NHL for being an instigator at the end of the game. They had a chance to rescind it, but decided not to rescind it. And uh, Jay Woodcroft, as his coach, gets a $10,000 fine. This guy's a hockey guy. Let's go to uh, the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to Kyle McIntyre, commissioner of the SJHL. Before we get into the team representing your league at the Centennial Cup National Championship, uh, just your thoughts. I thought, first of all, that's a joke that Nurse gets that. But if you're going to give them that, they better give Petrangelo two games or they're no better than the WWE making stuff up. Oh, it's quite interesting, Michael, because uh, the way that I saw it, Hoga initiated that fight. It wasn't Darnell Nurse that was the instigator. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And, and that was just a terrible slash. Now, I know, listen, the Oilers haven't been exactly... Uh, above board sometimes uh, taking shots at him, but that's playoff hockey. But to do what he did, it was crazy. It's going to be interesting because any other league would protect their star players, and Dreisaitl is that. Yeah, not a hockey play. When you two-hand a guy, it looks like he's trying to drop down the big tree that's Leon Dreisaitl for sure. Yeah. So you're at Portage La Prairie. What's that rink like? And, and what's that rink like? And what's that community like uh, hosting the uh, 2023 Centennial Cup? Well, my very first time in Portage La Prairie, and there's a lake right in the middle of the city that is quite scenic, quite beautiful. Quite a few roundabouts on the way to the arena, and the arena's stride place is an absolutely beautiful facility. It would probably be very comparable to either Estevan or Melbourne, but uh, quite electric, some good games so far. Of course, uh, our SJHL champions, uh, North South or North Stars, uh, won their first game 4-1, and we're in the second period watching the uh, Brooks Bandits play the Jonas Wheeling or Marine Mariners right now. So. Okay, and, who, and, and what uh, Brooks is winning, right? 4 1. Uh, 9.50 left in the second. Look at that. We got the updated score from the. He's our reporter slash commissioner of the SJHL, Kyle McIntyre. Uh, and uh, so you guys, uh, I say you because you're representing the SJHL, the Battlefords. Cam River fighting walleye. Where the hell are they from? They're from uh, northwestern Ontario. Uh, some people in Saskatchewan that are my fishermen friends, they might say that they're more like saugers than walleyes. But uh, they have a lot of Saskatchewan kids on that team. The uh, Paulson kid from uh, Humboldt, and then Josh Poufal is playing the Clippers, and then Chad Lang has a couple sons playing on the Cam River fighting walleyes. That's nice. Yeah, old Chad Lang, a good local guy, of course, involved with the Pats and the Warriors. Um, now... Great, uh, great uh, representation there by the Battleford Stars. How do you think they'll uh, um, uh, match up with all these teams? 
well. They are a little rusty this morning, although they all played Sam River. Uh, you can see that there is rust, especially with the top guys. But as the games went on, I think they got better and better, and they got more confident, and the puck team was in the round quite a bit. Um, if I make an early prediction, I haven't seen Collingwood out of the Ontario Junior Hockey League yet. I'll watch those guys tonight play Portage. But uh, the Bandits uh, are a wagon. I think uh, North Bandit has a good chance to be in the semifinals. They play a very similar game. But I really don't, um, I'm not a fan of how Brooks plays Ballsy because uh, although they have lots of skill and lots of talent and lots of speed, they do a lot of chirping and a lot of whining. Mm-hmm. And in my view, you play hard between the whistles, you keep your mouth shut, and you play a good, honest game. And these guys seem to bring a lot of the uh, the competitive edge and the cockiness that you don't like to see from teams. we got one minute left, Kyle. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Just to wrap up by telling us what a banner uh, year it was for you guys in terms of scholarships and everything like that. Yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. So we have uh, 21 NCAA Division One scholarships, which is the highest ever in SKHL history. We have about 10 youth sports uh, scholarships, which is also, I would say, comparable to Division One NCAA in a lot of programs. And then we have about uh, 14 NCAA Division Three, And so, again, and a number in the ACAC, we've got about seven of those in uh, Alberta as well. So it's been a banner year, and I think there's more to come, Michael. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, we love having this guy on. Enjoy the rest of the tourney. Go Battleford Stars! That's Kyle McIntyre, president of the SJHL. Take care, my friend. Thanks, We're going to be back and talk with our friend Ryan Hall, talking some amateur football. He's a good coach out in the grassroots of the football sport here in this province. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Roughriders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, the show brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Time to quickly jump out in the Western Pizza Hotline, talk to my old friend Ryan Hall, longtime coach, who is still uh, still doing a bit of that, but also teaching now. Here, I don't want to butcher it. You're out on a reservation. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us the team you're kind of coaching and 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 where you're teaching. Okay. Sure, I teach at Kakawishta First Nation, which is uh, just off the number one highway by Broadview. Mm-hmm. And uh, the team that we've had for a couple of years is the Ochapways, Kakawishta Kawasis Buffaloes. So it's uh, a combination of three neighboring First Nation community schools. And uh, yeah, so we've been trying to get a team rolling with that group of kids. Yeah, now it's a, it, it hasn't been easy. Let's just be honest with with that. So you've kind of changed direction with that. You haven't given up on it, but you've changed direction. Tell us about that, Ryan. Yeah, um, I think, you know, like with most kids, COVID has been tough. Um, you know, I think a lot of kids kind of fell into some some maybe less than healthy lifestyle habits, you know, a little too much time alone, a little too much screen time, and, and they're just having a hard time getting off of that. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we struggled for numbers this year. So I'm trying to change my focus a little bit to the younger kids in my school, uh, spending time with right down with the grade two and threes this winter, and I'm currently doing some flag football with with some of our grade four and five kids and uh yeah so we're, we're i'm trying to get that going so that the younger kids uh grow up you know come up with a little bit more experience and interest in football so that by the time they get to high school uh they're ready to to do tackle football and interested in it and it, it's not as intimidating yeah and uh, then yeah we're also looking at doing some uh some partnership with our local uh, a local team in our in our area, uh, the Broadview Bandits, who are a nine-a-side team, and they have a, 
combination of a few different schools, Broadview, Whitewood, Kipling, and I think there might be one other school. So they kind of draw from a, a rural area right around us. And so we're going to try and do a spring camp with them and see how it goes this spring. And, and if we can, uh, you know, work together, then maybe that'll benefit, benefit everybody. Yeah. Ryan Hall joining us here. Now, you've uh, long been involved in tackle football, um, and you're an advocate of that. You had tackling camps back when I was coaching RMF. You came out to to teach my kids. Um, has your mentality changed in terms of when kids should start tackle football? Because I think flag football is a great uh, introduction to the sport in terms of, um, you know, just the strategy, the passing strategy. Obviously, it doesn't involve tackling or contact. How, has your mentality changed at all in terms of, like I said, when they should get involved with tackle football? Not really, but I think in saying that, it's not that I think that eight and nine-year-old kids should be pay, playing 12-on-12 full, you know, full-field regular football that high school kids or university junior or or pro kids or pro players play. I think you have to follow long-term athlete development principles and make sure that when you're working with young kids, you're doing tackle football in a way that is suitable to their stage of development. And so that's something with my involvement with Regina minor football that we really try and do with our mighty mites, which is our introduction to tackle football for eight and nine year olds. Uh, We really scale down the game at six aside, Everybody uses the same playbook, so it's a very simple, straightforward playbook, and it's a real focus on skill development. So, um, so the kids aren't pigeonholed into just one position, like "oh, you're a big kid, so you're going to play on the line," or "you're a great athlete, so you're going to be our quarterback or our running back." Uh, the kids play different positions, offense and defense, throughout the season, and we don't worry about standings or scores, and we modify some of our contact rules. Um, just to make it easier for the kids to do the blocking and tackling uh, contact skills in a way that's safer for them and, and developmentally appropriate. And then as they move to Adam, you know, we make the game just a little bit more complicated, again, suited to their stage of development, and then continue that through Wee and Bantam uh, so that by the time they get to high school, they're ready for special teams and 12 on 12 and, and all the things that we associate with with tackle football. Ryan, uh, it's easy to be a, a dad coach and get pumped up like you were in the past, like I was in the past. But I saw a Facebook post and you were up north and uh, you said it, it, it really got the juices going again. What 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 still turns you on about being a coach and coaching other kids and doing that type of stuff like you're doing out there at the reservation? I, I guess that's just kind of my mission in life. You know, I, I just feel like God put me on this earth with uh, very limited talents. Like I, I'm a, I think I'm a decent teacher and I think I'm a decent coach. And so I'm just trying to use those, those talents and abilities and passions that I have um, to try and invest into young people. And so, yeah, so I, I coached for uh, close to 20 years before I, um, before I started, well, I guess not that long, maybe more like 15 years before I started coaching my own kids. So I had many years of coaching other people's kids and then um, since my days of coaching my sons have ended, I've, I've continued coaching other people's kids. And, uh, and, and again, it's just, it's the reason I get up in the morning is to just try and, um, try and help the, the young people that I'm surrounded with, uh, to have more opportunities in life, more knowledge and skills to, to have a successful life and to achieve the goals they want to achieve. And, and for the football players, if that in, involves, uh, tackle football, then awesome. I, I love to spend time with those kind of kids. What did you see up north in terms of excitement and talent-wise or in the PA area? 
Well, that camp, that league up in the, the Northern Light School Division has been going on for just about 10 years, I think. So if, if people aren't familiar with it, um, there's a lot of obviously really remote communities mm-hmm. up in the north. Um, and so they started a six-a-side league for those communities, and they had they always have a jamboree every late April, early May, uh, other than uh, a couple of years during COVID when it got cancelled. And so I've had the the opportunity and and the privilege to go up there four times and and to be a part of it, whether uh, doing a coaching clinic or uh, teaching co- teaching tackling skills to the kids. Or like this this weekend, I kind of was running the camp and just kind of organized everything. And um, so th- th- it used to be when they started, you know, it was kind of for all the kids that were involved in the teams to come and, and try and get an introduction to football because they were new to it. And now they've kind of transitioned their focus to more the, the grade eight and nine uh, level of athletes that are just getting into tackle football. Uh, so it's more of an initiation type of camp for them rather than kind of a, a higher level camp for the experienced grade 11 and 12 kids. So you uh, listened to our CFL draft coverage and you heard a couple of your players uh, uh, mentioned uh, Josh White going to the, uh, of course, the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. And then you had from the Rams and another Ram, Jackson Ford, going to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You must have been kind of like a, a, a proud papa there here in their names. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Like even, you know, even you just mentioning that brings tears to my eyes again because, um, you know, there's a couple of guys that I just had the incredibly distinct pleasure of working with. Josh was on our team at Campbell for four years and Jackson for three. And just to know how hard they worked and in, not just in the weight room, not just on the field, but in the classroom and how long, how hard they've worked ever since and just what quality people they are. Like both of those guys – uh, worked with me last summer at uh, at the Mighty Mites camp, at the RMF Mighty Mites camp for mm-hmm. eight, nine-year-olds, and just loved it. Like, they just brought so much passion and energy to those little kids that were learning football. And then I brought them out again to the Spring League Evaluation Camp back in April, and they were guest coaches, uh, coaching, you know, some of our best high school-age athletes in Regina and surrounding area. So yeah, it's just it's just so incredible to see their dreams come true. Well, not yet, but you know, like I said to them both when I messaged them afterwards, I said celebrate tonight, you're back to work tomorrow. And uh, and I know that both of them will do everything they can to be prepared as they're they're in their uh their rookie camps now, I think. Mm-hmm. And whether they stick this year or whether they come back to the Rams for their last year, um, I, you know, I just uh, couldn't be more proud of those two young men. They're they're outstanding dudes. Well, thanks for all you do. You're an outstanding dude too. Have yourself a good rest of the day. Okay. Thanks a lot, Michael. Always great talking to you. Yeah, great catching up with Ryan Hall. All right, uh, Arash Madani coming up on the other side of uh, four o'clock. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Ryan Horn over there at uh, Specs by Ryan. I've never been there. It's on Albert Street there. Just down from, uh, I think, Labadega. Right next door to Leopold's, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I went in there to get look for some new glasses. I picked out a couple of pair. Outstanding, man. Great service. You know, it's kind of one of those ones where I thought, ah, I'm too, he, they're too cool for me. But I went in there. It's like, no, they, 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 they walked me through some choices, like glasses that I'd be intimidated to put my, you know, that's way too funky for me. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I encourage people to some to clear stop. lens. Yeah, you should get those I big got, honkers. You know, 
I tried those on. Those don't look too good on oh, me. Whatever. But I got some pretty. I got some pretty dope. Spice it up, glass. A bit. I did. You'll see. I, I all I'll... the boring stuff. You wear the same thing. Get something flary. You know. Okay. Something with like wings. That flare some Rick flary stuff. Yeah. Come on. Woo! Anyway, we're gonna have the uh, specs by Ryan one to watch every day at training camp. So check that out. We'll be back with more of the sports cage after the four o'clock news on six twenty CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. For, for smart investing solutions, be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. I know Brian's headed to our cookout with Colin Lovequist, Perry Nice, and the gang. Uh, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, talk with our friend Arash Madani from Sportsnet, and let's talk about the sham that is NHL officiating or judgment. No, I knew you were going to say Yeah, well, you know what, football. dude? I just saw a clip from the 2015 NHL playoffs from your colleague, Elliot Friedman, who's great on the panel and a good follow on Twitter, okay? Yeah, almost, sure. as good, almost as good as you. And, and he shows a fight between... Uh, Alex, Alexander Burroughs from the Canucks and Chris Russell, then of the Calgary Flames. After, I remember it. And, and it was rescinded by the NHL. Burroughs clearly started it. The NHL has the, uh, the authority to rescind the suspension for a fight in the last five minutes of a game, which is what happened last night. If you look at the video, and yes, I am an Oilers fan, so everybody knows that, but it was Haig who threw the punches first, not Darnell Nurse. Nurse gets suspended. They uphold it, and I suggest that if Alex Petrangelo is not suspended Two games, one more than Darnell. This league is no better than the World Wrestling Entertainment organization. By the way, solid hot take. Really, really well executed. Um, here's the thing, Ballsy. I, I, I want to be devil's advocate. I want to disagree with you. I, I tried to jump in. I, I can't disagree with anything. Uh, maybe the World Wrestling Entertainment's taking it a little far. But if Nurse gets one, and it's automatic, yep. right? It's, it's like uh, in the NBA, if you leave the bench area when something, you know, when a fight breaks out or when there's a melee or, a, you know, pushing and shoving, it's automatic. And I get you can rescind it, but I just don't think you, you do here. I don't think you can. Mm. However, however, I absolutely agree that it has to be a multi-game suspension for Alex. What is Alex Petrangelo doing? Yeah. Well, let's be honest. He had enough because the Oilers have been taking shots at him. And I did see from an, with my Oiler goggles on that Kane did uh, rack him up the last game at the end of the period with a, some sweet chin music with the stick. So I will admit that. And they've been taking some shots at him. But from a league standpoint... Arash. Alex Petrangelo has won a cup. He's a leader. Yes. He's a vet. Yeah. He's a national team guy. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm just so tired of the meathead mentality of hockey that you have to, quote, settle the score that way. No, How it's about good... you settle the score by scoring three goals? How about that? Yeah, that's a good point. And so from a league standpoint, though, uh, 
you have to protect your star players. Uh, the NHL doesn't do that. You're sending a bad. They do me- not do that. At you're all. sending a bad message if it's an even up one game apiece. Like I think there's no way that he doesn't get one because if he doesn't get one, he'll get his head taken off right at the start of that game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and how ridiculous a look would it be, Balti, if Nurse isn't playing and Petrangelo is? I will say this, though, Arash, consider this. Petrangelo is their best defenseman, but they have a deeper defense core than the Oilers. So this hurts Edmonton more than it hurts Vegas, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, what what I haven't heard today is how Dreisaitl's doing. Uh, I saw on the bench he mouthed, he mouthed the words, I'm good, don't do anything, at the end of the game, like he was telling Costin and those guys not to do anything. Right. Apparently Nurse didn't get that memo. But anyway, uh, that it's interesting. You know what's interesting to me is how we've talked about it, but I think it's more so this year than any other year, how the... The momentum of one game doesn't generally go to the next game. I guess you could make the claim Boston-Florida it did, but I think Boston threw that series away more than Florida took it. But, you know, like the Oilers, they they lose 6-4, they win 5-1, they lose 5-1, they win 4-1. Like, they dominated that first period. Um, That that interests me. You know what else? I didn't think the Leafs were done. I didn't think the Leafs will get swept. And I think the Leafs, I don't know that they'll come all the way back, but I think they're going to put a scare into Florida yet. I do, too. I do, too. And we talked about this on Tuesday. I, I think the Leafs have a lot of fight left in them because I think if you go back and watch Game 2 and if you go back and watch Game 3, if you're being honest with yourself, it, the Leafs were the better team. The Leafs played better. They had more chances. They had more quality chances. And Bobrovsky was, was great. Now, can a rookie goaltender stand on his head for three more games? Well, that's true, but they did a good job of playing defense yesterday. They were pretty good in their own zone. If they can be like that, he's got a and chance. Blocking shots, ballsy. Like yep. this is yep. where you know my old friend John Gibbons. And I know it's baseball, but Gibby would call kind of late August, September. If you're in any kind of playoff uh, conversation, he would call that part of the schedule not cutting time. <laughs> I love right, it. like like yeah. this part of a series in the teeth of it with a with a backup. Well, I mean, I didn't want to call him a backup. Matt Murray was the backup. Where is Joe? You know, where's Wall in all this? This is not cutting time, and the dudes were throwing themselves in front of it. Hey. And that's that's an attitude. That's a buy-in. So that to me shows that the Leafs haven't given up. So I, I gotta I gotta bring this up before we wrap up the hockey talk. How bad is Matt Murray and Jonathan Quick that they're not the next options in? It's a great question. Um, to me, Jonathan Quick's just done or more injured than we thought. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin with Matt Murray. Um, <laughs> you know, he's part of the long list of Kyle Dubas goaltenders that just uh, haven't gotten it done. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you have to you have to go with this. You have to ride this. And the question now becomes, Ballsy, is like there's no margin for error in this series, obviously. But even if Samsonov gets quote unquote cleared. If they win the next game, if they win tomorrow night and Samsonov gets cleared, mm-hmm. then what do you do? 
Hmm. I think you got to ride the hot guy and then just uh, and then bring him yeah, in if, if you and need to. Let the chips fall where they may, right? Yeah. Hey, the BC Supreme Court's denied the injunction that was filed to prevent the cancellation of the SFU season, but it looks like it wasn't all for naught. The school uh, said a decision previously to cancel the program was final, but they've hired Bob Copeland, the senior VP of McLaren Global Sports Solutions, to serve as a special advisor, and he's going to look at uh, maybe getting some exhibition games in twenty twenty. 23 and looking at the viability for a reinstatement in 2024 somewhere. Blah, 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 blah. I'm blah, very. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's a lot of blah, blah, blah. I'm very frustrated for the kids. That's who I'm. Like, these people, these arrogant yet clueless people are just, they're twisting these young men in the wind. And we hear so much about, oh, mental health and mental this. T-. You know what? Shove it. Okay, so I'm not going down that road with you uh, because I fully disagree on that part. But here's what I'm going to tell you. When this finally reaches its conclusion, um, explain to me how Simon Fraser's president, Joy Johnson, and how its athletic director, Teresa Hansen, continue to move on in their present roles. Would you put your would you send your son there or daughter there? I wouldn't. Never. As a as an athlete, never. Ever. Like let's remember what like what's the message that you're sending your entire student body that when something is a challenge, we're just going to fold up shop. When things aren't going right, we're just going to say to hell with it. We're just we're just gonna, you know, we're not gonna do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is so wrong, and and then you don't even, you don't even reach out to your stakeholders, and you're doing kind of backroom politics with your own alumni. Hey, and let me let, let me be clear, Arash. I wasn't cutting down the whole. Let's worry about mental health. I'm saying we hear so much about it at the at everywhere in life. Yet we're 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 this has got to be mentally taxing on these kids who are expecting to play and do something. So don't uh, don't don't preach mental health on one side and then treat them like a bunch of, you know, it's the old saying. Don't yeah. pee, don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. I, I'm not stupid. Yeah, and and Balzi, there's. I think especially since COVID, this has really opened my eyes that, you know, people in high positions, they call them leadership positions or management positions. Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. I call them executive positions because I think that one thing that I've learned over the last few years, really kind of taking deeper dives into a lot of different situations in sports and otherwise. Mm Mm-hmm is that just because you're in a high position, an executive position, doesn't make you a manager or can manage a situation, and it certainly doesn't make you a leader. Amen to that, brother, in so many businesses and situations. All right, so uh, the Argonauts, they are primed. If I look at their roster, I'm like, boy, this is a team that's they could repeat, except at the quarterback spot. The most important position on the field, you mean? They got five guys in camp. With 45 career pass attempts. What? 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 Yeah, and that's Chad Kelly, right? Yeah. Who who basically, what, started one game last year, and Mm -hmm. that was an irrelevant game against Montreal when Toronto had already wrapped things up. 
And yes, he came in the Grey Cup and played really well when McLeod Bethel Thompson went down. Okay. Okay, and I get that you want him to be the guy, but you're going to make sure you have a veteran backup behind him who's been through it and done it and is an insurance policy, right? Mm -hmm. Except uh, Brian Scott is their backup quarterback, is their number two ballsy. Yeah. The amazing part is, He's at, this is actually his third CFL team, yet he has not even taken one snap in a practice or in training camp. Um, BC signed him in 2017. They released him a couple of weeks after they, they signed him. Um, Edmonton signed him the COVID year when nobody played, so they released him so he could go in the spring league or whatever it was called. Yep. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Hey, uh, and uh, just up the road, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats with a couple of interesting uh, announcements today in terms of their uh, coaching. Reinbold's back as a special teams guy. Oh, and looky, looky here, Scott Milanovic back in the CFL. Didn't see either of those coming. Um, Reinbold, because I spoke with Jeff, we were staying in the same media hotel at Super Bowl back in February, and he seemed pretty happy. He was working with Sky Sports of the U.K. there. And he was living in Hawaii, pretty happy with his situation there. Uh, said he still followed the league um, from afar, and um, and I just didn't see it coming. Um, the Milanovic one too. I mean, you know, Scott's a quarterback whisperer. We know that, but spent the last few years in Indianapolis. I guess he's going to be somebody that Tommy Condell can have as a sounding board. But it almost feels like he and Tommy are the same guy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a takes some stones to maybe hire your replacement if you're old. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Hey, uh, we got to roll. We'll get into some basketball talk next week because you got a couple of things that uh, you're mentioning to me, and I do want to uh, go down that uh, that lane next week. Have a great weekend, buddy. You too, Bill. Take care. That's uh, Arash Madani joining us for Smart Investing Solutions, his coast-to-coast segment. We're going to try to catch up with a Pat draft pick in a minute here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Shoots wide of the net. It's McDavid who picks it up. To do it up. The Nuge has escaped Alcatraz. He scored his first goal in the playoffs last night. Is he allowed to be the clutch performer today, by the way? Is that good enough? Yeah, he's clutch. Oh, yeah, he's clutch. That was clutch, baby. He's clutch. The Nuge, your clutch performer Nuge. for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson. Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, let's get out in the Western Pizza Hotline. This show, by the way, brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. You can check out their great menu at the CBH, plus all the great sports you can watch. Got a couple NHL games on the uh 
docket tonight. I think the are the Jays in action tonight again? Uh, they have an off day. Today. Oh, the off day. Well, my Padres blew it five three. You Darvish eighty pitches, struck out seven. He's winning three two. Bob Melvin, who I think all of a sudden great manager in Oakland. Now that he's got all these riches, he's turned senile. He comes <laughs> comes to San Diego and he pulls you Darvish. They lose five three. What an embarrassment! How about Jordan Romano? He forgot how to pitch yesterday. I know. It's just uh, baseball is uh, no. I wish I never started to get into baseball because it's such Don't a say long it. season. Don't say it. It's a beautiful sport. Anyway, I know another beautiful sport with oh, beautiful unis. Yeah, ice hockey. Yeah, not roller hockey. Ice hockey, as the Americans would say. And the Regina Pats were a busy draft and today. We'll catch up with their coach and GM, John Paddock, before the end of the program, Pilgrim. But first, let's go out on the Western Pizza Hotline and say hi to our friend, Cohen Clausen. Who's he? He's 5'10". He's 155 pounds. He's a forward out of Martinsville, just out of the... City of Saskatoon played for the Martinsville Marauders. He was the Pats' first selection in the Bantam Draft, third overall or third round, fifty-first overall. Welcome to the show, Cohen. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. Big deal being on my show. I love it. I mean, it's a big deal to have you on my show. Is what I meant. I'm all nervous to talk to you, Cohen. Um, let's talk about uh, what you bring to the table. What kind of game do you play, Cohen? Oh, I think I'm a two-way forward that skates really well. I think I can put up numbers. Mm-hmm. I think I can finish checks. Mm-hmm. I'm also not a, not afraid to shy away from the physical part of the game and also create lots of offense. Did you watch this Bedard kid uh, when he was rolling through Saskatoon in the playoffs? Did you get to go watch him live, or were you busy with your own hockey? Yeah, I went to a couple games there. I went to, I think, games... Two, three, and seven. Nice. That's, that's a nice haul. Um, and did you ever, at that point, envision yourself wearing pad colors? Well, I wasn't really expecting it at that time, but... Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel being a, a Saskatoon-area kid now coming down to the land of milk and honey, Regina, Saskatchewan? Oh, it feels great. Just... Super excited to be part of this organization and super honored to be drafted by the Pats. What has uh, John Paddock and the brass told you? What they expect from you? How, how, how does it look? You know, you're a young guy yet. What do they want from you in terms of development? Have they said? No, I haven't talked to them too much yet. Okay, cool. Who did you look up to? You're still a young guy. It's not like you're a 25-year-old guy. Who You know, watching the NHL, who are some of your favorite players? Who do you try to model your game after? Just to kind of paint the picture for my listeners. Well, someone that I think I model my game after is Brady Kachuk. Oh. We have the same kind of game. I think we both like the gritty hockey. I think we we both put up some numbers, and both are good leaders. So, Awesome, man. That's awesome. Hey, uh, who's winning the Stanley Cup? You're my my hockey expert right now in this segment. Who's of the teams left? Who's winning the Cup? Oh. I don't know. Florida's looking pretty good right now. They're the underdogs right now. So, oh, you're going with the you're going with the other Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Cole, who's your favorite team though? Who's your favorite NHL team? Is it Ottawa? Because you like Brady? No, it's actually Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, oh. let's go. Oh, my producer Sean Kleisinger loves the Canadiens. Who's your favorite Hab? Uh 
like watching cold coffee. Yeah, I knew you, I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. All right. Well, I, I can I can dig that. I, I'm a Habs guy before I'm a Maple Leafs guy. I can tell I can live with that. But I'm an Oilers guy. You should have said Oilers, and you've been you would have been you would have had a free pass to come on this show anytime you wanted if you would have said Oilers are going to win the cup. But that's okay. I still like you. You're a, the latest member of the Regina Pat. So thanks for your time, Cohen. Congratulations on a memorable day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate it. Cohen Clausen. We'll hear from Pat's GM and coach John Paddock on uh, what he did today in the draft. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. All right, what time do we got? 4.32 inside the sports cage. Two big NHL games tonight. The New Jersey Devils, they're facing elimination. They're in Carolina against them Hurricanes. It's a 5 p.m. puck drop, so just under a half hour away until that game gets underway. The Seattle Kraken, they're in Dallas tonight. That series is all knotted up at two apiece. And, of course, tomorrow is a very big day once again for hockey in our country. Florida and Toronto and the Edmonton Oilers taking a visit to Sin City once again against those Golden Knights. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Well, the Hamilton Tiger Cats reveal their coaching staff for this upcoming season, and it features the return to the team of Jeff Reinbold. He was working for the Sky Sports Network in the U.K., living in Hawaii, but that football itch is hard to scratch, and he is back as the special teams coordinator for Orlando Steinauer's Hamilton Tiger Cats and... Scott Milanovic is back in the CFL. He joins the Tabbies as a senior assistant coach after spending the last two seasons as quarterback's coach with the Indianapolis Colts. Milanovic's last stop was briefly in Edmonton where he's hired to be the team's head coach ahead of the 2020 season. Never coached a game because of the COVID shutdown and then left for the Colts. He's also spent time with the Jags in the NFL. So Milanovic and Reinbold. They are on the coaching staff of the Tiger Cats. Our CFL report brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out online, kevinsmarine.com or in person in Fort Capel. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, Ryder, rookie camp continuing out in Saskatoon. Brian Cox Jr. is there. Bounced around the NFL a little bit, and now he's in the CFL. Brian, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. How you doing? Good, man. How did you uh, find your way to Saskatchewan, huh, you know, and the Rough Riders? Uh, honestly, just this is just where I feel like God has led me. Um, I played, had some time in, in the NFL, played five years. Um, I got injured my last year. And just been out ever since. And since I've been back healthy, uh, this opportunity presented itself, and I just jumped at it. So, so fortunate to be here. Yeah. So, who reached out to you, Brian? Um, I believe it was the assistant GM, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle Carson. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, did you know much about the Canadian Football League before you uh, ventured up here to Saskatoon? Um, I honestly didn't. I had a couple friends that uh, played up here, but I didn't know too much about it um, in general. Yeah, so you're in uh, practice today, your first taste of it. What what'd you think of the yard off the ball, Brian? It's different. Uh, it's definitely something to get used to, something I got to adjust to. Um, all my life, you know, been playing American football, so 
we get the crowd to line of scrimmage and get you know give those guys a little harder time. But being a yard off uh, has its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, um, do, yeah. Do you think I'm, I'm getting used to? Do you think that'll help you out with the like so, you know a little bit more uh, in terms of moves? Yeah, um, definitely gives you more space to put the offensive linemen in so they can think a little more. Um, so you can work your moves. So I'd, I'd say that for sure. It definitely yeah. has that advantage. Well, you come with a good pedigree. Of course, uh, people that know football know your dad, Brian Cox Sr. Did he give you any good football advice over your life? Oh, I mean, uh, it's nonstop. It's almost like second nature. Um, our regular conversations sometimes just include like small football nuggets and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely uh, just small nuggets here and there just randomly. It definitely does. Can you give me one good piece of advice, Brian? Uh, just for like football, yeah, yeah, football or life, because I mean, uh, there there's the component of being a pro athlete off the field right. too, right? Hundred um, percent. Just always treat people with respect, no matter who it is, no matter where you are. Uh, you got to give respect to get it, and that's just been you know one of the core values I carry with me. Just just always respect. Your dad was tough as nails, Brian Cox Senior. He played with controlled chaos, as I like to say. Is that how you play a little bit, Brian? Uh, definitely. Um, <laughs> I definitely got a little edge to me, so that's something I take pride in, and I like to to carry with me and play with that edge at all times. Um, what did you What did your dad say when he said, "Hey, I'm coming"? Did you talk to your dad when he said, "Hey, I'm coming up to the CFL"? Of course, yeah. He just said, "You know, go up there and do your thing." You know, uh, just just get back get back into the groove of the ball because I've been out for a couple years and and just dominate. So like is, I know how. is this a chance? Are you what? Like, how are you looking at this opportunity with the Rough Riders and in the CFL? Like something where you want to make your name up here? Uh, you know what I mean? Or you know, Americans? Oh, I want to get back to the NFL. What's your mindset coming here? Uh, whatever God has in store for me. Honestly, um, He led me up here, so it's just time for me to capitalize on my opportunity and take it from there. I don't know what what he has planned for me. I'm just going to roll with the punches and see what happens. All right, man. Well, Brian, uh, thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Uh, you got your first taste, and we'll see you in main camp here. I'll be up there on Sunday. So thanks for your time, Brian. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. They go 12 on 12 tomorrow at rookie camp. Some of the pads on, and let's see what we can do as we get a – Head start on camp. Uh, main camp goes on Sunday. We'll be live oh, the first hour, yeah. 9 to 10, right here in your voice, Rough Riders Football. The only place to get your rider stuff, really, and your CFL information right here, uh, 24-7, CKRM Sports Cage. It's going to be very hot on Sunday. Did you is know it? that? What is it? Uh, I looked yesterday, and 25? It, was pl- it was plus 30. Wow. Heat dome for Mother's Day. Can't wait. Uh, here we go. Well, plus 27, nothing but sunshine. In Saskatoon. In love Saskatoon. It. Love it. Love Do you it. burn? I asked Blaine Weill on this I question burn, yesterday. I but then I tan. Okay. But I'm not that's, gonna, like, that's like me, too. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm, you're going to be. You're I'm not going to be, be shirtless. Yeah. I'll be covered. I'll be up in the booth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's that to tell you about. Uh, what else can we tell you about? Oh, yeah, we're going to. Um, NFL schedule comes yeah, out Yeah, it is. Tonight. It is. It's coming out here right away at uh, 6 o'clock our time. Uh, a lot of it's been leaked, though. Actually, so, it, it comes out uh 6 o'clock our time, so it has been leaked. And actually, I wanted, I did want to talk about that. Um, you see here, uh, the Lions will face the Kansas City Chiefs in the traditional Thursday night opener of the NFL season. Chiefs get the first home game of the season as defending champs. The decision to make the Lions their opponents shows how much optimism there is coming out of Detroit. This could be the best Lions team in many years. You snicker and laugh. They won eight of their last ten games. That's Well, they could have done a Super Bowl rematch because I'm pretty sure the Eagles 
are going to Kansas City this year. Yeah. Wouldn't that make for a pretty good I know, season opener? I know the AFC rematch championship game is a New Year's Eve night, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Jets won't have to wait long for their first primetime game in 2023 with A.A. Ron Rodgers as their quarterback. NFL saying this morning the Bills will travel to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets on Monday Night Football in Week 1. And um, oh. interesting, September 11th, so 9-11. Oh, yeah. And hey. actually, actually, nine eleven, two thousand and one was a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Tuesday, yep. It was after a Monday night game between the Broncos and the Giants, because I remember watching that game. Monday mm-hmm. night football, Val Michaels. Yeah, I, I remember when nine eleven happened. I was eating toaster strudels before I went to my grade four class. Remember, uh, I was like doing uh, sports on the Wolf, our rock station, and mm-hmm. Chris White called. He was our drive guy, not my morning co-host. Then he said, "Hey." Uh, did you guys know one of the uh, plane hit the towers? And we're like, what, in New York? And How it, did you deal with that in the radio business? Oh, it's crazy, like, man. I, like, oh, it was crazy, man. But that, we thought, okay, something happened, like whatever. Then all of a sudden, the next one goes down, and then it was just, it was like a month of that. It was crazy. It would have been like, you You probably would have thought like World War Three was well, happening or something Well, it's funny you like say that, that because... Uh, That's that, what I thought. That, that was... Three months before my son was born, my son was born December of 20, uh, 2001. So my, I remember my pregnant, the then wife laying on the bed watching it on TV in our bedroom and she's crying. What kind of, what kind of world are we bringing our kid into? And it's just the world can end. That's what you thought, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to think? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so, uh, that's going to be an interesting, uh, game. I'm sure there will be a lot of, uh, with, you know, there'll be there'll be something to commemorate that for sure. They just won't play a game on on nine eleven in New York City for gosh sakes. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who they're going to play or when the game will be played, but we do know this: Robert Kraft saying that Tom Brady will make his return to Foxborough two years after he left. He will be honored at the game before they play their uh, first game. So okay, so there you go. A couple of the big games that are highlighted here. You said the Packers is already out. Oh yeah, the Packers they play at Las Vegas on Monday Night Football on Canadian. Thanksgiving. Are you which going is, to that? I I hope so. You and Dad. I I hope so. Maybe you and Dad travel. May, right? Maybe Mom. Maybe Mommy. Oh. Maybe maybe the whole fam. Okay. Maybe it's possible because the Riders play on Saturday that week. So oh. yep. Who knows? See, I'm, gonna... li- I'm limited with what I can do. I- I'm just looking at schedules. Like, I'm looking at not so much the NFL. Like, I will because we're doing a sports cage trip again. Mm-hmm. We are just determining that with Terry over at CAA Travel. Uh, Miami slash Dallas type deal. We're trying to decide between those two locations, I think. Most people we asked said they, they were leaning towards Miami. Um, so we're looking at the schedule. Uh, but I look more at the CFL versus the uh, FCS schedule so I can see what games I can meet. There's one I'm doing an epic trip. So last year, you helped me, and I credit you, because I, in my mind I had thought, okay, the Labor Day Classic starts a lot earlier than the day than it did. Mm-hmm. Usually I thought it was a 1 or 2 o'clock start. Last year's was 4, and you're like, ballsy, with the time change and everything, you can make it to Nebraska. That seems so, like yesterday, huh? Yeah, so I took my brother, or my uh, my brother, I call him my brother, but my buddy Ryan Robinson as, a, as the uh, chauffeur for me, and we drove down, Met my brother and my cousin, went to the game, and we drove all night back to get back to the uh, Labor Day game. I, in an hour and a half, I uh, called the game. Well, I, this is literally happening. So the, the, um, I think it's October the fourteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, the I think the Friday we play in Calgary, mm-hmm. and then the Saturday afternoon, it's a two o'clock kickoff. They play 
NDSU at UND. It'll be the last time my kid plays NDSU, the only time in that stadium, because they it's about every four years NDSU visits UND. They usually play at the Fargo Dome. Yep. So I am going to land, hopefully on time, two in the morning from Calgary with the riders, get in a vehicle and drive all the way to Grand Forks that night so that I can watch the game. I'm just going to get a, another wingman to go down with me. I might come with you. And we'll, figure, well, you can't drive, though. What if I want to sleep? <sighs> Maybe you can come. Well, we'll, t- we'll just discuss. put me in the trunk at least. <laughs> Take someone with you and just put me in the trunk. I okay, don't we'll see what we can do because that's a that is a game where the tickets are like they're already sold out. They're like three hundred and fifty dollars a ticket for the game, and Second, I am going to that one. Secondary market, baby. I am going to that one. Yeah, that's good. I yeah. actually did the same thing. I was kind of lining up the schedules with the Riders and uh, the Fighting Hawks because yeah. I was kind of. I'm taking you to a game. I just don't know if it'll be that game because I need somebody to drive me down, like help mm-hmm. drive yeah, me I can't, down. I can't help you. You can't do. That. I can't help you. But I am taking you I down. Can buy a I am burger ta- or something. I'm taking you down to a game for Moral sure. Moral support. Ethan, Ethan, you're like you're one of his favorites. Yeah, it's an honor. I love he Ethan. Li- he likes you. Anyway, yeah. enough about Ethan, enough about fighting Hawks. Football. Let's watch the Oilers uh tomorrow. Oh Friday night. You're yeah. gonna come over? Yeah, let's do that. You wanna come over? Yeah, I do. You wanna come to my house? I wanna come well, over I invited, if you have me. I invited you the other day and you turned me down. Yeah, well, we had, I don't wanna talk about that reason live on the airwaves. I don't wanna get in trouble. Okay. It has to do with an animal. Okay, it well, didn't work out very good. Okay. Well, <laughs> speaking of animal, let's get out on the phone lines when we come back and speak to Brian Raymond. I'm sure he has an opinion on what happened in the Oilers game. And I think we're open for golf this weekend at Flowing Springs. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CK. KRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. This came down about 40 minutes ago or so. Ryan Reynolds, the actor out of uh, Vancouver from the, um, oh, what's the, Deadpool and many other movies. He was in a group uh, bidding to buy the Ottawa Senators. Apparently, the uh, group that Ryan Reynolds was a part of, their bid is not moving forward. So oh. it's up to Snoop Dogg. See if oh. Snoop Dogg weekend the weekend is in another group going up against Snoop Dogg's group. Uh, gin and juice. Did you see? Uh, did you see uh, uh, last uh, night uh, at the Oiler game? <laughs> Steve Urkel was at the game. Jaleel White. You see I that? I did. He's a big Oilers fan. Then I knew that. Hey, Ryan Reynolds, he was in that movie that was filmed in Regina, that Just yeah. Friends. I yeah, think? Just Friends. Yep. yep, absolutely. I think he was dating, what's uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh, that's right. Back then. Yep. All right, let us get out to the phone line. Say hi to our friend Brian Raymond on the Western Pizza Hotline. Now, this guy knows about being a fair and decent, a human being and official. He's a great boxing official. I will tell you something, Brian. That NHL disciplinary, whatever you want to call it, department's an absolute farce. Nurse gets a game for a fight that he didn't even instigate. The other guy started throwing the punches before Nurse even threw one. Um, and 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 he gets a game. If Alex Petrangelo doesn't get two, then I'm just going to call the NHL the WWE from now on. I don't... You know what? I've given up on trying to figure out what the uh, Department of uh, Player Safety does. I mean, uh, you know, it's... They don't, you know, they'll they'll discipline guys, but they don't really look after anybody. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What, what safety are you uh, covering here? <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, like, cause cause you saw what McCarr did to to Jared McCann of the the the. Um 
Kraken. And then Everly smokes Cogliano from behind, breaks a bone in his neck, and never got anything. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I mean, the way the game is being played nowadays, it's it's goofy. I mean, they're they're really concerned about fighting. And I mean, now there's no there's no heavyweights in the league. There's nobody in the league that that's their sole job is to fight. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's playing now is a hockey player. We need to go back to where you know what? If you do something for me to me, and the referees don't catch it, I'm going to straighten it out myself. Mm-hmm. You that's know, I, the way it used to be. Yeah. See, so I'm not a big advocate of fighting. I, I me think neither. But that's but there's a place for it. Yeah. Well, there. You know, I'm I'm starting to go to that camp. I was I I, I thought it, it it's outdated because of CT and everything like that. But it's clear the referees can't handle it because there is a rule book. Like there's there there are rules. If you called the rules the way that you call them, then we wouldn't have to put up with this stuff but it does seem like you still have to police yourself yeah exactly. well i think part of the problem is that this business of changing the way the rules are called in the playoffs is is, is part of the problem because i think you're, you're running into some inconsistencies with the referees because i don't think they really understand it either you know what i'm saying yeah so if you why aren't we just giving them the rule book and say call the rules I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not going to be old man yelling at clouds. I'm all for technology, but I, I liked it when we didn't have instant replay because at least you'd watch the game. You'd say the ref sucks, and then you'd move on. Now the ref, you think the ref sucks, and then the, they they take it to a replay, and you're you're like, okay, the ref that did blow that one, but then it doesn't get upheld. Like for instance, the high stick on the puck that the Kings had, and they scored the goal. They went and reviewed it and still got it wrong. Michael, you may not remember this because you're not as old as I am, but I can remember in baseball, before we had a lot of stuff uh, going on with instant replay, the umpire would make a a call, and I would say 98% of the time they would show the replay and the umpire was right. Yes. I'll bet you now that they're lucky if they get to 75%, and I think the reason is because the umpires all know that it's going to be reviewed on instant replay. And the same thing is happening in hockey. I think the responsibility has been abdicated from the referees to be right on the call because they know it's going to be reviewed. Now, I, I, I at no point... I, I want to point this out, Brian, and then we'll get to golf in a second. I think the officials do, for the most part, on the ice, do a pretty good job. Like, they actually, I don't know about the instigator call a nurse, but they got it right on the Petrangelo penalty. Like, they're, they're doing a good job on the ice. It's the disciplinary committee and what's going on that I have a problem with. Oh, I agree. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I've maintained for a long, long time that this, that, that disciplinary, disciplinary committee is, uh, you know, I, I don't understand a lot of their decisions sometimes. So uh, the outstanding player in the Western Hockey League uh, for Broncos Memorial Trophy going to Connor Bedard, no surprise. I, if I've asked you this before, I apologize, uh, but I'll ask you again. Where does he rank amongst the junior players you've seen? He's the best. I, I mean, I, I've seen some really good ones. I worked for the Pats when Dale Durkacz was playing there, and mm-hmm. Dale Durkacz was an absolutely phenomenal junior. But I don't think I've seen a player who makes... Uh, makes the rest of the guys on the ice better the way Connor Bedard does. That that's maybe the difference in all of them. Dale was a great shooter. Uh, he had, you know, we certainly had a, had a lot of great moves. Um, you know, Doug Wickenheiser again, a, a very very good hockey player, but you know, he was a different kind of player. He was, you know, a big tall, rangy guy. Mm. Uh, but still, I don't think that Doug was capable of doing what Connor Bedard does as far as making the other players on the ice as good. Mm. Okay, uh, Brian, I got you on here to talk some golf out at Flowing Springs. Now, we're due to be on the course tomorrow, I believe, but rain might be in the cards here for us. Well, you know how the weather goes. Yeah. Um, they're not always right. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> kind of like the Department of Player Safety. Yeah. Um, 
So we'll, we'll just play it by ear. But we are opening at 8 o'clock, uh, come, you know, rain or shine. Mm-hmm. And we're opening for the season. All 18 greens are open. Uh, the course is actually in pretty good shape for this time of year, especially the greens. So we're looking forward to a great start to the season. Uh, we've got some great specials. We've talked about them in the past. Uh, yep. Our twilight at $35 after 6 every night. Come out and walk the golf course. It's $19. Um, you know, we've got a senior rate from uh, Monday to Thursday. It's $45. Mondays and Wednesdays. Again, uh, ladies and seniors, $32 to come out and play the golf course. Oh, that's outstanding, man. Uh, what, what digits do they bang if they want to get out there and swing the golf club? Um, oh, yeah. We've got the great driving range. No, no mats. All grass, and it's huge. We've got lots of room, so there's no waiting. Uh, large basket is $14. It gives you 100 golf balls. Ooh. That's enough to break your back, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It still wouldn't straighten my shot out, but I think that's what I'd like to do first. And, of course, you can get lessons out there, too, right, Brian? Absolutely. All you have to do is give us a call. And the same thing with booking a, a tee time. If you want to give us a call, 543-5050, give me a call. We can set up a lesson or set up your tee time. You can also book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. And lastly, back to refing for a second. That's the one thing I like about combat sports or boxing is that the ref, you're not going to replace the ref with robots. You need a ref in the ring. Oh, absolutely, and, and especially with us with amateur boxing. I mean, the, the priority for us is to make sure that everybody is safe. So our, our, our philosophy is it's better to stop a fight uh, too soon than to stop one, try to stop one too late. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for all you do, both in the community and hockey like you've done, and in boxing and, of course, the golfing community. Take care out there at Flowing Springs. You as well, Michael. See you next. Talk to you next week. Yeah, for sure. Have a great weekend. Yes, golf is back. I mean, I I'm not a great golfer. I don't get out much. I'd love to. I I should get out there, and I will get out there to swing at least on the driving range to figure it out. But it just it's like spring baseball, like you know, spring training and the first part of the season. It just gets you in the mood, right? Like like the mood. I know it's raining out, off and on weather right now, but zinger on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that going to be great? Yeah. To, to crack the mic for a new season of Rough Rider football? Man, a very... Man, how cool... Because training camp starts right at uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday, Boom. right? And we're going to be live on these airwaves right at 9 a.m. I feel like I need a high horn. I feel like I need a high horn. You always horn. call for this high horn, and I never have it ready. Well, get it ready. You should always have your horn ready. Well, where's my... Uh, where's where, your horn? Where's my horn? Right there. I can't up, see up, it. Up I can't more. find it. Up one more. Right there. There's your horn. That's the official opening yeah, of the 2023. I can see your horn from a mile away. That's oh, a great a great sounding horn, too. Isn't that? Though? Oh, it's awesome, man. You've got the best horn it's in It's so loud and, it and, and pronounced. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear it one more time, your horn. That is a pronounced horn. There we go. Yeah. Rider season. Nah. 11 and 7. Here we come. Home 12 and 6. 13 and 5. 14 and... Uh, four. Nine and nine. Uh, 89. <laughs> Great cup. <laughs> Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second round, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. 
time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. All right, and uh, the show itself brought to you by the Canadian Brew House here on this Thursday. This segment, press coverage, brought to you by our good friends Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out, qualitytire.ca. Uh, loving my new tires. When you get new tires on your car, it's like driving on pillows. I absolutely love all, it. All seasons? Yeah, thanks to Randy and the gang over there in thanks, North Randy. Regina. Okay, so let's get to uh, Glenn Suter here, Hall of Fame broadcaster, rider, Plaza of Honor uh, inductee, and also a guy who went to SFU. You lost the injunction, but uh, all is not lost. Can you fill us in? Well, no, not all is not lost for sure. And, you know, we had to prepare for the decision to go either way. And we have as an alumni and, and again, I'm, there are a lot of people doing a lot of work here and I'm just providing my support. So I don't want to uh, sort of, you know, inject myself into all of this, but uh, I've been, uh, you know, with, when the ruling came down, we, we went into sort of plan B action and, um, you know that whether whether the we won the ruling or not, we were still going to have to work with the organize work with the uh, university, work with the administration, work with the president, and that's what we're doing. And you know, it it sounds like there still is a pathway to reinstate football, and we just have to keep finding a way at it. So it was disappointing the ruling today, but at the same time, uh, I understand the law is the law. I'm not a lawyer, so. You know, the judges decided that this is falls outside of, you know, the judge deciding or, or a court of law deciding. And now we've got to continue to work with the university. So we're going to keep working at it, Michael, and hopefully um, we reinstate either this year or next. Yeah, they've hired Bob Copeland, Senior VP of McLaren Global Sports Solutions, to serve as a special advisor tasked with exploring options for the future of football at SFU. Maybe some ex- exhibition games, pardon me, in 2023 and uh, some sort of viable option in 2024. Feel bad for the kids, but hopefully can get it worked out. All right, let's get down to business here. Training camps are underway now with rookie camp, so we're right there. We'll have our uh, first broadcast of the season on uh, Sunday morning at 9 a.m., right when the Riders take to the field. We'll be live for an hour here on your voice of Rough Riders Football 620 CKRM with myself and Luke Mullender. So, Glenn Suter, let's go with a storyline from each team as they head into training camp, and we'll start where you are in BC. What do you got? What's your one storyline you're looking at? Yeah, well, first of all, I, you know, I love what Omar Doman has done all offseason, just been like a rock star when it comes to ownership. But beyond that, I, you know, I think there are going to be some teams here, not all, but there are a few teams here that we have to, right out of the gate in training camp, talk about the quarterback situation. So I, I'm not going to be a broken record on every team, but with the BC Lions, it's an interesting one because Dane Evans and Vernon Adams working together, are they going to be a collaboration is it a one-two punch is there a starter and a backup can dane evans beat out vernon adams for that job you know all of this is is the you know the um i don't know i to me it's with with nathan rourke now in in the nfl um now it's a chance to look and see because this could this team could be a very good team Mm-hmm. And do they do they have the quarterbacking? And how does that quarterbacking situation look when it comes to the BC Lions? Uh, 
there's a team in the East that uh, is kind of like them, uh, makeup-wise a bit, and we'll get to that uh, in the second half. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, because I don't know that Vernon Adams Jr. and Dane Evans have ever taken the bull by the horns. Well, they haven't, to be the star guy, but it seems when they have a... When they have a net, you know what I mean? When they have that backup mm-hmm. that could be there to help them out or pick up when they fall, that's when they succeed. So it could work a, a, a 1A and 1B there. Yeah, I think it could. I mean, it, you know, it's it's interesting. Is it going to be a full-on competition where they're trying to find a starting quarterback and then a backup? Or is it going to be, you know, this is different situations, different teams, much like Kent Austin, Tom Burgess. Mm-hmm. type of quarterback situation. So that 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 to me is the the biggest story in in the BC Lions training camp. What about Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks? Well, there's two athletes that I am just fascinated by. Um one is Trey Ford and the other is Kai Loxley. And uh, you know, when I think of these two athletes, I think of the possibilities and when you can play two quarterbacks on the field at the same time now, a rule that was changed a year ago. And there's a chance now to look at, you know, double pass formations, hitches and goes. They're both such great athletes and can play the quarterback position well, especially Trey Ford. So um, that to me is a massive storyline because if they could get some real magic, between Loxley Ford and and Taylor Cornelius as their starter, then I I see I think this offense could just not not just explode, but could possibly sort of start to revolutionize, change how how offensive coordinators look at the game and say, hey, if you got two guys on the field that can both throw the ball with accuracy like quarterbacks can, then you can open up a different part of the playbook that has never really happened. It happens in touch football, to be quite honest, or flag, but not not in tackle football. So I'm I'm fascinated by that storyline with those two guys. Yeah, I'm interested in that. And and uh, you know they spent a lot of money on receivers. They went uh, they had Kenny Lawler last year. They've gone Kenny Lawler on steroids this year. Do they have the quarterbacking that can uh, maximize that uh, that asset? Yeah, and, and you know that's that's a, the number one question, and, and I don't want to get too locked into QBs, but that is the number one question because Taylor Cornelius has shown great potential, but you know what they say: potential can get a coach fired really quickly. You know, because it's, it's not realized. It's interesting. You don't want to focus on quarterbacks, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you definitely could make every, except for Winnipeg in the West, every team storyline really. Uh, starts at that quarterbacking spot because we go to Calgary down the highway and it's Jake Mayer's show now. Yeah, Jake Mayer's show. I think he'll be fine. So I, this is where I, I've switched up. I really like the Calgary Stampeders secondary. You know, Trey Roberson, Titus Wall, Jonathan Moxie, I think they've got a great core of veterans. Love their secondary. So the, the question and what I will be watching for in camp in Calgary, I think the number one storyline is who is their dominant rush down? They have Mike Rose in the middle, mm-hmm. and that's great for an interior guy. But who is going to be their number one rush end off the edge? Julian Hauser is there. Jonathan Vodders is there. But... Uh, you know, I, I just I look through their roster and I think who who of these young guys is going to emerge and become a twelve sack 
rush in that dominates. Uh, they've got to find that guy. So I, I, that's an interesting storyline to me in, in Calgary's camp. What about here in Saskatchewan, more specifically, I guess, in Saskatoon for training camp? What's the storyline you're looking at there? Yeah, well, first of all, I think Trevor Harris is going to be fine. I, I just I, I love how he's approached it. Um, I love how he continues to work on his his own game. No matter how many years of experience he continues to accumulate, he continues to work to find ways to improve. So I, they're going to be fine at quarterback. Trevor Harris is going to get the job done, no question. I have my eye on a couple of players. One on defense is Pete Robertson. He, you know, he, he misses four games last year because of injury. And what did he have? He still had what ten sacks or eight yep. sacks or something. Like, yeah. yeah, and and had and he was really to me he was kind of starting to just emerge as maybe the next sort of Charleston Hughes, maybe the next sort of athletic. A lot of tools in your toolkit. Rush in, can move him around. He could even drop underneath in the passing game. Um, you know, just a real good athlete up front. So I'm really looking forward to see if P. Robertson can take another step in his in his game. And offensively, I think Braden Lightingness is going to have a big, big year. I, I really do. I I love his size and athleticism. Uh, you know, the NFL took a look at him. He's gone through a lot of, uh, let's say, a lot of challenges and, and adversity in his life that has made him stronger, I think, on the other end. He has a great support staff, and I and he spent the off season speaking in Saskatchewan. Probably one of the most, um, you know, uh, the mo- of all the players, he he spent the most time probably of all of them in the community, talking to kids, pushing, and and you know when you do that, and I did it a couple of years, staying all through the winter, and when you do that, you, you really get a sense for the passion of the fan base. It. You know, it's not that you need more motivation. I'm not suggesting that you're slacking off until you hear that, but it gives you that little extra juice. It really does. You're around the people. They're always asking about the team. They want to know what it's going to look like next year. And when you're around that every every day almost, you feel like, I can't let these people down. It just sort of it sort of solidifies that feeling, and and he's been doing that all year. So I, I'm looking forward to Braden, Braden Lennius having a big, big camp and start off the season red hot. Just knock on wood, he stays healthy. All right, and before we go to break, uh, wrap up the West. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have uh, been in the last three Grey Cups, won two of them. Uh, your uh, storyline for the Blue Bombers. Well, two quick ones. One is not necessarily a game-changer. <laughs> But I think it's fascinating that, you know, the, the question and answering the question, can Michael O'Shea make Michael O'Shea's team? I mean, <laughs> I, I just think it's a, I think it is a very cool storyline because it rarely, if ever, has happened at the pro level. It happens all the time in amateur sports, but it doesn't happen at the pro level very often, if ever. If I, I can't remember a time in, in the CFL anyway, but... Can he make the team? Now, that, does that change their win-loss outcome? Probably not. But my, my point being that it is a cool, cool story in training camp. And the big one for the win-loss record is, does Dalton Schoen go into a sophomore jinx, or does Dalton Schoen 
continue to progress and become a 1,500 to 1,800-yard receiver. Hmm. That's that's What kind of camp is he going to have? I agree. Mine is, are the Bombers too old? We'll find out. All right, when we come back, we'll take a break, and we'll get to the East Rundown. Storylines from the East teams as we hit the training camp with Glenn Suter. Press coverage for Quality Tire on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage. Quality Tire, the sponsor for this segment. Press coverage with Glenn Suter. Okay, Suter, so let's go with the storylines for the East, and let's start with Bobby Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Well, that is a story. That's a story right there. How, how does he do? I think he's got the entire country of football fans and football uh, you know, media or football, uh, you know, play-by-play and color analysts all kind of cheering for him. I, I think because of our dealings with Bobby Dice throughout his years as a as an assistant coach, and and just how professional, cordial, um, fair, you know, just friendly he's been with everybody. I think there's a lot of people in his corner. So, so that's that's going to be interesting. How does he handle the team? How does he talk to the team? How does he earn their respect? How does he? run a training camp. All of those are cool stories. I, I'm going to be watching Shaq Evans in Ottawa. I, you know, I, I just, he's one of those guys that came to the edge of the cliff and just kind of fell off it. And I, you know, I'm not criticizing him. It happens. Darrell Walker is going through it. We're going to see if Darrell Walker can bounce back, but it's, it's just sort of like, was, was this sort of a one-off thing or just an injury related thing? And now that he's healthy, new look, will the change of scenery help him? Um, a new quarterback and all of that stuff. And and I guess the third one, and this is just a little one, but just Jeremiah Masoli's health. Like, can he move around? Can he do what he was doing before? If, they, if he can, I, I think they have a chance to compete. If not, they're searching for the, the, trigger, the guy to pull the trigger. Let's talk about their neighbors, the Montreal Alouettes. New owner, new coach, new quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I am not... Not with the Saskatchewan audience. Am I going away from the cornerback here? <laughs> I just there there is no way that uh, you know what I I can't believe is that and and correct me if I've read this wrong. I went through the schedule three or four times. Saskatchewan does not host Montreal this year. Well, well, you look at the rider schedule. You want to see an interesting part of the schedule? If we can deviate for a second here, you've got the riders going to BC. Then the Riders have to travel cross country to the Atlantic Bowl. Then they got to come back and play Bobby Dice uh, uh, here, Ottawa. And then in fa- four days, they got to go to Montreal. Think about that stretch for the Riders in four weeks. That could make or break your year, injuries and everything. Well, yeah, and that that remember that maritime game was was a turning point, mm-hmm. you know, in the wrong direction for Saskatchewan. So yeah, um, you know when when Cody. Again, this is a guy, dual threat quarterback, that had the the Riders in the West Final, and then had a drop off year. And now I, I'm going to say because I like the man, but I'm going to say that it was due to injury, and that when you take away one of his superpowers, he just wasn't the same guy. So let's see, let's see if it was that, or you know, is is Cody plateaued and that's the best you're going to sort of see of Cody Fajardo. I, I think that's a compelling, compelling story. They'll have played seven games before Saskatchewan travels to Montreal to play them. 
So I know all eyes will be on Cody then. I know he'll be excited to play that game. Um, let's see how he does in those first seven. Let's get to the two Ontario neighbors there. We'll start with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They loaded up today. They got uh, Reinbold and Milanovic on their coaching staff, and they loaded up on the offseason. What's your big storyline for the Tabbies, the hosts of the Grey Cup for the second time in three years? Yeah, I'll just I'll breeze by this one because it'll just be weird for Bo to be in a different uniform. So I'll just put that out there because that's gonna it's gonna look weird. So, um, but I, I think he'll be fine and he's motivated. Um, I think that the story in Hamilton, and you know, this is not really a um, a big headline story or a big. They're gonna have they're they're gonna have a fantastic defense. I just I look at their personnel on defense. They maybe have a hole to fill in their secondary, but beyond that, they've got good leadership back there. Adelike's back in the middle. But look at their front seven. They they hired Jameer Thurman out of free agency. They bring in Casey Sales from Winnipeg. They still got Jagarrett Davis. They still have Dylan Wynn. I mean, that that could be one of the top, you know, front sevens in in maybe the last five to ten years, let alone the best this year. Mm-hmm. So it, it it has potential to be a dominant defense. I'm going to watch how they come together in camp. So the Argos got a pretty good team, except the big question marks at quarterback. They've got five arms in camp with 45 total snaps in the CFL. That to me is the storyline. What's yours? Yeah, that's that's. I, I sort of have two part one. One is just to see Romilotti and if, if he can progress again, like a second year, like Dalton Sean. To, to be, you know, have a big a big year this year, but that's a smaller one. The the quarterback can't avoid it here. You can't avoid it in Toronto. And here's here's what's interesting to me. Chad Kelly had that great moment in the Great Cup. We all saw that, and he has been, uh, and this is a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but he has been very confident in hmm. how he's how he's carried himself throughout. All of the off season, the media discussing that you know he he still thinks that he wants to make sure he gets a, an opportunity again in the NFL at some point. He's been open about saying that. You know, I I think when you start to do that, you can get yourself in trouble. But I, you know, it's one thing you got to have a confident quarterback. You, you you have to. Kent Austin was a very very confident quarterback and is still a very confident guy. I mean, you talk to him and you you think. Is he arrogant or is he just really, really confident? Because there's a mm-hmm. fine line between the two. And, and I, I think Chad Kelly's in that fine line. But here, here's the thing, Michael. You don't have to pay the price to talk. You have to pay the price to go out and win, to win the job, to win the respect of your team, to win games that, that are you're really tough in, to come back from behind, to win when you're next, all of those things. You have to pay the price to do that. To say you're going to do it doesn't cost anything. To do it takes a, a huge, huge investment. So let's see if Chad Kelly is ready to make that huge investment. This was fun, man. Always in love investing my time with you. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Okay. Thanks, Michael. Take care. That's Glenn Suter for Quality Tire. When we come back, we're hoping to be joined by Luke Mullender, and we'll try to catch up with the Pats coach and GM, too, to talk about their draft. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 
534 with your sports ticker, and it is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors. The garage door specialists getting set for a night fill of NHL hockey, NBA basketball, New Jersey Devils, and Carolina tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes, they can eliminate the Devils with a win. We shall see what happens there later on tonight, 7.30 p.m., the Seattle Kraken in Dallas. That series all knotted up at two apiece. NBA tonight, Boston taking on the 76ers. The 76ers, they can advance with a win. And uh, the nightcap, the Denver Nuggets in Phoenix taking on those Suns. The Nuggets up in that series, three games to two. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. And it's for the Canadian Brew House this Mother's Day. Treat mom to a free brunch, a special limited menu with something delicious uh, for all. What a great way to tell mom. Thanks. Regina Red Sox open their season Thursday, May 25th. Is it in Moose Jaw? I believe it is in Moose Jaw. Weyburn. Weyburn. They're in Weyburn. Okay, thanks, Singer. Public address voice for the Regina Red Sox. Proud to be back for another year, he is. Um, but I want to make mention, you can go to their website. They are looking for billets. They need a couple of more billets unexpectedly. So if you want to billet some collegiate athletes, most likely from the United States, you can open your... Uh, Home to them. I know a lot of good young men coming up here to play some summer ball, summer collegiate ball with the Regina Red Sox. That's your Red Sox report. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Page on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I am ready to go. Luke Mullender, are you pretty pumped to be ready to go or what? Oh, man. I've, yeah. I've, it's been a gong show in my real life yeah. with work, and, and you know, we've got so many things going on, but so it's going to... I always I'm asked really you, I always asked it. you, like, are you, are you, do you want to, not that I want you to give it up, but do you want to give this up? And you're like, this is the only thing that keeps me sane. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even in a 6 and 12 year, uh... Even in a six and twelve year, you know, yeah. it's, there's nothing like talking. There's nothing like talking football with Rider Nation, man. And it, uh, it, it, you know how everybody has their like stress relievers and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, for me, it's talking football. It's talking CFL. Things that I like to mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? I like to do things that I like to do. So we're I mean? not we're not there for these first three days. We did have Brian yeah. Cox. We did have Brian Cox Jr. on today, the son of Brian Cox Senior, uh, uh, who was a beast, by the way. Yeah, we had Matt Dean, the third round pick, on mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and we got Shea Patterson on tomorrow so we got that covered but just in terms of the rookies what do you try tomorrow's 12 on 12 they're putting pads on tomorrow we're told so what what are you trying to do as a rookie here and what are you looking for as a coach well, for the coach, for the coaches, you just want to make sure that A, the guy is as advertised, right? And B, whatever install you do put in, in terms of offense and defense, that they can pick it up. Because literally, it's going to be a couple. And, and what it's going to do, and, and listen, you're not going to make a ton of cuts after rookie camp. You no. need the bodies for camp anyways. But what it does do is it gives these coaches a good idea of how fast it's going to, or how long it's going to take certain person to get up to speed with the things. And and you know how it is, man. I mean, those install hmm. days are. I mean, there's information overload. One day you're out there practice, then all of a sudden you're breaking down your practice, your film, what adjustments you need to make, and now you're installing more. Rookie camps a good gives the coaches a good picture of a. Does the guy have the fundamentals on the field? But also b. 
you know, what's this guy going to be like when the real guys get there? Is are things going to move too fast for him? Right? Like, are things going to? Is he going to be actually uh, way more? Like, do they? Are they excited to see? Like, there's some two, guys might show and be like, oh man, I can't wait to see this guy with the real guys. There's two. Uh, there's two schools of thought. So you look at uh, the Americans coming up here, okay? Like a Brian Cox Jr. He's never. He didn't even know where the CFL was. He comes up here. He's got to get used to a yard off the ball. Everything going on. Mm-hmm. Plus, learn the playbook on the fly. Like yeah. that's a lot to take in yeah. in three days. Uh, but the thing is, though, and that, and that's the other thing is is literally they're going to have like two plays in. Yeah, they're going to have back in when I first got to the Riders in my rookie camp, for instance, we installed over and under and a couple coverages in rookie camp. And to be honest with you, there were times where that moved too fast for me. Right? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm at you, right? Like because over is a total different look against a total different look. So, so that's the thing. I mean. They're going to get a good idea, and really, they want to see those guys up against each other. But no matter what happens in rookie camp, Sunday, when things fly, yeah, that's when, that's when the real deal So starts. when you draft guys, <laughs> so generally when you draft guys, Lake Corte Moore, yeah. uh, Jackson Ford, Matt, Matt Dean, are you looking for those three guys? Like... Should do they have to have a good chance to make your roster? Well, like, is that what you're? They have. They Corte, better stick around. Yeah, Corte Moore. Yeah, is a guy they picked because they want him to. I think they want him to yeah. contribute in some way, shape, or form. Jacks uh, Jackson too. Yeah. I, I think that he's a guy they're looking at that may actually compete for some playing time. Mm-hmm. Right? If if you if you listen to some of the what they say about the kid, I'm not sure about Dean. Right? Like, you're, yeah. and again, you got to remember that that that. The CFL draft is way more of a crapshoot than the NFL draft yes. is, right? Like you, you get a lot of guys um, in the CFL draft taken in first round that never pan out at all, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I'm really interested in those two particularly. I think the rest of the guys they've got a shot to maybe be contributors or maybe get evaluated, a chance to compete a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. But those two guys this year, especially with what the the riders have now, with what the riders have now, those two guys actually have a chance to really push yeah yeah so uh before we get to i wanted you to give me five store five things you're looking at in yeah. camp here this is interesting so they added i think it's great for the league scott milanovic is back in yeah. hamilton and jeff yeah. reinbold is back but yeah. but as in any sport coaches are coaches are recycled okay mm-hmm. so it's hard for a new guy to get his foot in the door right we're both excited to see what kelly jeffrey could do because this is a chance for him yeah finally to get his foot in the door and and be on on the scene so to speak Absolutely, I think that Kelly Jeffrey is is again. He's got a chance to be a little bit of a um, bit of a surprise. I think in the yep. Canadian Football League, as far as Jeff Reinbold go, go and Scott Milanovic. I mean. It feels like on coaching staff alone, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have just put themselves into the Grey Cup. That's the type of impact Jeff Reinbold is going to make on that organization at special teams because that's all all he does hmm. is create impact. And Scott Milanovic, they probably got him for free because he's getting paid from the NFL. So yeah. that what an amazing, incredible quarterback voice, offensive voice. I mean, him and Tommy Condell collaborating. There's a real chance that something special happens there. But you're right with that's the. But but that coaching is like the journey, the same type of journey as a player. Mm. A player, you have to wait for your window of opportunity to open, and you have to do something when the window is open, right? Yeah. And from there, 
you'll figure it out like well, and, and it'll get figured out for you it's That's the same right. with coaching it's crazy how Kelly Jeffrey I mean if you look at his resume you sometimes you, you might even think like he should have gotten this chance way way before now but hey that, that wasn't in his control and I'm really excited to see how he rolls out as the offensive coordinator and, and what differences that his training camp looks like versus some of the coordinators we've seen yeah. right Be- you're not gonna listen me and you in the first two weeks, Kelly Jeffrey's not putting in the special stuff. Yeah. Right? But we might still see, right? I mean, even in his attitude, you can really tell there's a sort of shift in confidence when I when I read and listen to the things he's saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I mean, he's also the first coach I've ever seen with the, with, uh, with the walkie-talkie yeah. uh, uh, attached to this thing, right? I so, hey, it. communication must be important. Okay, so we got five things from your vantage point. We'll get to a couple before the break in no particular order. Let's start with one of them here. Uh, and then we've talked about this a lot, but it, it's incredibly crucial for this team and this year, and it's the sense of urgency and energy that these players approach the key days mm-hmm. of practice. Key days, so first of all, like, you know, day one, obviously, right? You yeah. want to want to seize a lot of energy. We didn't see that in day That's one right. last year, right? Um, day five, when when now there's a ton installed, the, the bodies are really heavy and tired, mm. which players are going to push through. But more importantly, that's where you're going to see your leaders. Right. And the reason why that sense of urgency needs to be there is because, again, it didn't start off like that last year, and I think that's one of the things that might have contributed to a 6-12. That's season. what I'm looking forward to in the 9-10 to 10 spot we got on the air on Sunday. What We'll be able to see yeah. that right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Okay, number two. Oh, coaching matters, man. We just talked about one guy. Can't wait to watch how Kelly Jeffrey operates. But this 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 team is going to go as far as the offensive line and defensive line um, allow them. And with Delco set the new defensive line coach, and Anthony mm-hmm. Vitale, the new offensive line coach, um, those are two guys that get to to mold a talented group on both sides yeah. into the versions of their position groups that they want to see. And I think that that comes with new attitudes, new drills, new expectations, right? And and maybe maybe one there's no favorites now. Right? No favorites. Good point. Favorite. That's a really good point, no right? No favorites, hey. That's a really good point. Really good point. Okay, when we come back, we'll get to Luke's last three uh, things he's looking forward to. Training camp. Rookie camp's underway, but we'll be there live starting on Sunday for Main Camp 2023. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. All right, this day in sports history brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. So let's go back to May 11th, 1919. Washington Senators future baseball Hall of Fame ace Walter Johnson pitches 12 scoreless innings in a famous no-score duel with Jack Quinn of the New York Yankees at the old Polo Grounds. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Hey, uh, Luke's been doing this for years. Finally, he's brought something to the table. He's like, Bolsey, you got to get some uh, parking passes up in Saskatoon so you don't get these tickets here. You should call this person. There's a reason why they kept me around. Who cares about his analysis? He's getting the parking passes at camp. I love it. Well, dude, you know how universities are ruthless when it comes to parking. You know why? That's a pain in the ass. It's because it's a revenue stream. I know, but it's like, do you know if you get a ticket at the U of O? If you get a ticket in downtown Regina, it's 30 bucks. You get one at the U of O, it's 45 bucks. Dude. I, I'll tell you one. I'll tell this story one day 
the the Gordy Gilroy hero story. They they gave me so many tickets one year that they put a boot on my car at one point. And Gordy, we were doing the show, and Gordy runs it. <sighs> He's been sprinting all the way up the stairs. I'm like, "What's up, bro?" He's like, "Yo, they're 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 putting a boot on your car." I zoom down there. I'm like, "Man!" So I caught him right on time where where they paid it, and he stopped putting. So I bought Gordy and the fellas a, a case of beer because they saved. Because you would have to pay to get it well, out. How am I going to find the guy who put the boot on? Right, and it's yeah. like after hour. Oh, dude, yeah. Shout out to Gordy, man. Hardest working man in show business. Chris, yeah. He ran up those stairs though, boy. Because he was, he, <gasps> he was just a going. Okay, oh, yeah. so let's get Casey. We got two things in the. In the bank here, we're talking training camp. Yeah. What's the third? These are thing? the more interesting ones. Yeah, go ahead. Third one. Depth check. Okay. There's some. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's some. You know, I, you know how important depth is, uh-huh. and, and we've talked about it a mm-hmm. ton. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how Marshall Clark Henderson and uh, Milligan play out. Yeah. I think that a guy like C.J. Revis too, like you have him around. There's a couple talented guys. I forgot so about him. That, yeah, that's starting. That's starting secondary. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to see interesting how. But more importantly. You got you got Jaden Dalkey, you got Jackson Ford and Nelson Lacombo. Yep. I'm hoping that Jackson Ford's presence lights a fire under Lacombo, and I'm hoping Jaden Dalkey yeah. comes in ready to make a break, ready to have a breakout year. So the depth check there, and it's more of a Canadian depth check because even we mentioned this earlier, you've got the Canadian defensive lineman now, Nick Daly, right? Charbel DeBeer, Charbel DeBeer's got to step up, right? Because that there are so many with Corte Moore, and if he comes as advertised and he's as good as they think he is. There's so many questions and ways you can use that Canadian D-line depth in camp and in the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see that. And then you you know, you've got um you've got Bandy and Fry, right? Yeah. Everybody's talking about oh we need old linemen, we need old linemen. No, 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 no. We need Logan Bandy and Zach Fry to make another step. Specifically Bandy. He got a ton of playing time last year. Let's get him to that and next maybe level. And maybe a Diego Alatora Montoya too. Maybe, he's, right? he's a guy that could step up. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk depth. There's where it's going to be tested. Look at this. So they play the lines on the twenty second NBC. They gotta fly cross country to Halifax. Then they come home to play Bob Dice's Red Blacks, and who knows what they're gonna be. They're gonna be playing hard for him. And then in five days go to Montreal. Montreal and play the Alouettes. Look at that stretch right there. Boom, boom, boom. That could be yeah. the season right there. Well, and that's why injuries you, and everything. And that's why you need your leaders, right? Yeah. And that's why. And that's why you know the, the the sense of urgency and energy from the day one of camp needs to be there because that's where the leaders establish themselves. This isn't the one thing they haven't said this off season is, oh, don't worry, the riders have a good core. Like, really think about it. There's not much of a core right now. This team is needs to develop its core pretty quickly in order to handle things like that. Fourth uh, thing you're looking forward to Fourth going to the thing. trip. Man, who's the guy at wide receiver? That's what I want to know. Because right now, Keenan Schaefer-Baker, we know he's not going to be there. for. We've got a ton till of mid-season, talent. Mid-season, till mid-season. Right? We've got a nice little scope of talent. you got Bain Jr., Tevin Jones, Lenius. you got Jester Wea, who showed really yep. well in yep. his spots. Um, Jake Weineke and the vet Daryl Walker, right? Like, one of those guys... Without KSB, one of those guys has to establish himself as as Trevor Harris's possession guy, big play guy, or reliable guy. You don't have to be all three, but a couple of two of the three, that's what Trevor Harris needs. He's going to get the ball out quickly, right? So it's going to immediately look at the slot guys because the the big play wide receivers out out length, you know, they're mm. that deep ball might not be able. so somewhere in that slot. 
we're going to have to establish who's the guy because even though it hasn't worked out, there's always been a guy in the, in the past. Shaq Evans was the guy, right? Last year, Duke was the guy, right? Like before that, there was Naaman Roosevelt, right? There yeah, were, there there's was not a guy. a guy right now. Yeah. The guy is injured and, and, and has had surgery and will be joining Lenny's the team after. could be the guy. Hopefully. He's always played well. But hey. Yeah. There's not a face of the offense right now. That's true, and you know it's it's borderline. You're you're on the verge of it being an upper end buff, a buffet or yeah. a, or slot, right? Or slot, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how it could be. Because Trevor Harris is going to get the ball out quick. Yeah. So are we just going to nickel and dime the whole year, or are we going to be able to take the top off? Are we going to hit them with important possession plays? Like somebody, one of these receivers has to be that. I'm guy. looking forward to seeing what Bain Junior. Oh, is me like. too. Yeah, I mean, you see him in spurts when he's not on our team. I I listen. Underdog alert, Jester Wea. It's a good one. I'm hoping so. <laughs> and Tevin Jones showed some things, and then he kind of dropped off a little bit too. So I'm, and, but, but he's a but special the, team. He's when, a special team. And guy. when you come back, yeah, and it's your second time around, everything's different now. You're no longer questioning. You know the routine. You know where everything yeah. is. You know where the the food hall is. You know where the film room and is. more is expected like, of you too. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's the thing. Who's the, who's going to be the guy? And so your fifth one. Oh, this is this is one of my favorites, <laughs> man. We always talk about it. me and you. Always talk about this. You have to have two quarterbacks, you know, starting quality QBs, yeah. to play in this league and win in this league. And so the battle for the number two quarterback spot is going to be great. And here's the thing: so Mason Fine, he's he was, fine. He was fine. He was fine. fine. He had a couple stars. Yeah, he did he's fine. fine. Yep. But the real like unique. Guy that that sparks interest because of his physical characteristics, his 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 arm is Jake Dolgala. So Dolgala versus Mason Fine. This that's the battle that I can't wait to watch. And those guys might not get a ton of reps because their number one quarterback, who we all know is number one, he's in a new offense. You have to get the number one yeah. QB reps. Last year, you didn't have to get Cody a ton of reps. So if you laid off him, right, and let the other two go, they could have a competition because all of them knew the offense. It's a new offense for everybody, including Trevor Harris. So the reps aren't going to be, oh, yeah, you know what, Trevor, take a break. Or, you know what I mean? Good like, point. You're going to have to play it out. I would suggest, and you maybe will disagree, I would suggest Trevor Harris is the most pressure on him in the entire league because he's coming in to a regime that has to win now. All of them mm. have to win now. Yeah, uh, He's got an offensive coordinator trying to prove his worth, and he's got to learn r- a new offense. You know and what? he's the quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, and so I'm going to be the, arg- the guy who argues that point. You know why I don't think he's that guy who's under pressure? Because 98% of Rider Nation is, is not expecting anything good. There's, there's not a lot of expectation this year. There's question marks. There's, oh, I don't know. And if this team, in that first seven games, if they slip and stumble, there's going to be a lot of people being like, yeah, we kind of anticipated this. It wasn't like, do you remember in 2014? Yeah. Remember that attitude? Mm-hmm. 18-0! We're never going to lose. We're going to score 60 points a game. And when it didn't happen, that was disappointment because of where the ceiling was. The ceiling is is a first-floor apartment right now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So there's not a ton of pressure, I don't think. Well, interesting. That's Let's interesting. go see how it plays out. But, man, we get to finally see Sunday, man. Sunday, Let's get out of here. Sunday, Sunday, 9 o'clock, Saskatoon. We'll be on the air live 9 to 10 as they take to the field, and we will have you covered for the entire training camp. That is going to do it for today's show. It's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Tomorrow, Sean Kleisinger, Blaine Weiland in the chair. I'm taking a day off to pack and get ready to go to Saskatoon. You're packing gonna, that early? Well, I'm, my son's in, too. We're going oh, yeah, well, to watch the go. winners. Yeah, yeah, by the go. way, your Leafs stayed alive. Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs>
the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then, you know? <laughs> it is going to be Sunday because it's going to be 30 in Saskatoon, too. I can't wait. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, get me a parking pass. Yeah, I will. That's, that's what I'm here <laughs> you for. do something yeah. for a change. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.